Welcome to this Election Day Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020, alongside Ian Ferguson. Howdy. I'm Pat Contry. We both voted. If you're in the U.S., time you're listening to this, polls might be still open for you on the West Coast or, or Central Time. Actually, I'm voting after the podcast. You didn't vote yet? No. Okay. Bonnie dropped off. Get her out there. You Bonnie dropped off her ballot. I'm voting after the podcast. You didn't want to just fill yours in and drop it off? No. Okay. You want you want to you want to you want to fill in the circles there, click the click the buttons. Is it a clicky button thing? Uh, you know, no. I wish it was. It's it's uh, it's just bubbles. But I I always vote in person. I don't I don't like fucking mailing it in. On the show today, we'll be talking about lots of fun stuff, like a, an update to to play date. Update. We're talking about EA loot box issues, a replicate arcade unit of Dragon's Lair. We'll be going to voicemails from uh, Anchor as well. And then also a, a Q and A. So is that, yeah, Ian, uh, you, 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 your mouth is feeling a little bit better. Yeah, mouth is uh, feeling a little bit better. Uh, I had to go to the dentist early Sunday morning because um, I woke up and some of the stitches were coming undone. But he says I'm healing like a champ. And uh, That's something you say to a seven year old, but okay, uh, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, Any encouragement we need says I'm healing like a champ. Um, I went to the dentist yesterday again just because it was when I was supposed to go get my checkup, and uh, yeah, everything is good. I uh, was told that I I don't need to be quite so um, avoidant of solid foods. Uh, got back in the car after my dentist appointment, and Vani was in the middle of eating uh, chili cheese fries from uh, Wiener Schnitzel, uh, and they were soft and delicious. And I nearly cried; they were so delicious. Vani's like, "They're just chili cheese fries from Wiener Schnitzel." And I'm like, but "All I've had for this past week is cottage cheese and yogurt and soup that I fucking slurped back down. I lost six pounds after getting these teeth look, look out. It's velty, yeah. Some protein shakes in there, uh, definitely. Some def- slim fast, definitely drinking some it's muscle milks. Um, ton of sorta drinks. I, I love, uh, I, I love muscle milk. It's great. You get all the uh, flavors of dust. You get, uh, oh. you can, you can have white dust. You can have brown dust. You can have pink dust. Yeah, and lately they've introduced a uh, yellow dust. Uh, yellow <laughs> dust flavor dust. is pretty good too. You gotta go with Premier Protein. That's what I get from Costco. They're, they're um, tasty, tastier, I should say. So, yeah, teeth are doing a little bit better. Uh, spun some tunes with my buddy Chris on Sunday. I want to announce I'm going to be part of a stream next week. Uh, it's a stream for uh, Vulture Video. It's a small video store in Bloomington, Indiana. It's going to be with Rick from uh, Yokoi Kids, Angry Lanks, who's the speedrunner world record holder for Contra, um, and Eric Lapp, Lappy of uh, Let's Get, uh, who used to be on Retroware. Uh, we all know him. Um, good dude. So I'll be doing Eric. that next Monday. What, so what's so what's what, what, first I'm hearing about this. So what is Eric going to be doing? Like what are you going to be? We're just going all going to be tuning. Uh, yeah, we're just all going to be playing uh, old horror and um, movie based games just from eight until midnight uh, Eastern time Monday November 9th. Just four, a little a four hour n- mini marathon. Just a little yeah, just a little fundraiser for the video we, store. We might have our own marathon announcement. Maybe next week we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. It's a weird year here, but you know. Be nice to return to normalcy more ways than one, potentially, 
with a potential NES marathon. We'll see. We're, 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 we're banding some stuff together uh, when it comes to that. Potential. 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 You know, a lot, a lot of ins, lots of outs. So, um, so Halloween was Saturday. And, um, bummer. Yeah. Was it a bummer? Halloween's the best. It never really had. It didn't feel like it happened. It kind of did. But it's the best holiday of the year. I still maintain. I, I maintain it's the best holiday. Not, not for food. That's Christmas. But, you know, it, it's just a good holiday. It's just, it's just fun and carefree. And so I had a, you know, I had last year a ton of trick-or-treaters because a lot of younger families moved in the neighborhood the past probably year and a half, two years. And so this year I knew it was going to be less. I bought a, you know, I bought a two-pound bag off of Amazon and arrived on Saturday. Um, and it was like one of those varieties. You get like Snickers, peanut M&Ms, regular M&Ms, and uh, Twix. The the, the 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 count of of I actually took them out and counted them. Cause that's how weird I am, um, which was good though this time because there was only about ten M M Ms. There was like eight shitty caramel Twixes, um, and the, the majority like twenty seven Snickers, which is the best out of all those to me. And it was like only five or six peanut M Ms. So they went cheap on the peanut M Ms, but they, I got a lot of Snickers to make up for it. So I gave out most of the M Ms to the little 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 whippersnappers that came around. Um, I stood away. I had, I had a Frankenstein mask on to begin with, but I also used one of those like old man grabber things to extend your grabbers. Mm-hmm. So that's how I gave her one candy. So, you know, oh, it was safe. Except for the dumb, one of the dumb moms, the cutest girl ever. It was the cutest girl ever. Which makes it a shame that her, <clears throat> she had just, just a dumb mom. The cutest girl dressed as a donut. Little little vinyl donut. Dumb donut. Mom. Cute little glasses. It almost makes me wish I could potentially have a kid someday. I, mean, I, I think I can have kids. But. And she was so adorable. And her dumb mom comes all the way up to the door with that a mask on. It's like the one... It's like, come on. Dumb mom. I looked at her. I was like, you, you're raising this adorable away. daughter. So, um, but I still... I use my extender arm. And the cutest thing ever, as she walked away, the little girl said, he was so nice. And I was like, oh... God, if I ever had a kid, I wish it was this this little girl or someone like her. It's like, like the scene in The Grinch where your heart yes, grows like sizes. Because that's like the best kid you can possibly have. That's like the kid that loves life and the world and is all precocious and hopefully is not going to be a serial killer, like a bad seed. Like that's the kid you want. That's like a that's a good roll of the dice because the mom probably stinks, but the kid is nice. You know, so like that's like that's that's some good DNA right there. Someone in our apartment complex went around and put a. Uh, Jolly Rancher lollipops in front of everyone's door. Oh, see? It was really nice. I think I know who it is because out of the 24 families that are. How many aunts were people, on yours by the time you got to it? None. Uh, out of the 24 people, <laughs> uh, you know, apartments in um, our complex, uh, there's like one. One that has cool people living in it, and I think it was them. Not you? You're not. It was one. a mom with their two kids, and their kids are awesome. Um, but uh, I think they put them there. Anyways, that was nice. Can't eat it. I'll wait until my teeth heal up. There's really not any... The percentage of cool people is like 4%, as you're saying? It's not good, man. It's not good. Actually, no, that's a lie. I have... I have it's a lie. I have I have another cool... Uh, there's another cool neighbor I have. He, he, he sometimes shops at the store. He's quiet, though, so I sometimes forget he's there. Anyways. So, so Sunday, uh, we, 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 uh, we put the clocks back, spring forward, fall back. So I figure I'll go to the swap meet because I hadn't been in like two, three months. I've been going like every two, three months. And I figure if this is the time to go, you got an extra hour, the sellers get an extra hour of sleep, this would be good. No, it was not good at all. Um, I mean, it wasn't like how it would be like on a Friday or a Saturday where it's a lot smaller. It was smaller though. It's, well, it's been smaller now for like three years. I told you that. It's been smaller for like three years. But I bought nothing but a $2 uh, mouth guard. Not used. I needed a mouth guard anyway in case I start sparring with my buddy Yoshi. Um, that's all I bought. 
I saw I saw a TriCaster for only fifty bucks. So let's go for several hundred dollars. But this is where I know I'm getting better. Eating. I'm like, I don't want to buy that. It's I, a TriCaster, isn't it? That that fucking weapon that Chewbacca uses. No, no. I mean, I guess I can, no. A TriCaster is is a big unit, so you can stream live from Bolt somewhere. Caster. Sorry. Yeah. No, a TriCaster. It's it's a software hardware suite. So if you're on the go, like if, like that's what professionals use to stream. Hmm. So I was like, I could buy that. It'd be cool to have something like that, Ian. They said it probably works. It's from a video AV business, but I'm like, I don't need that. And that's how I know I'm getting better. Because three, four years ago, I would have bought that. I'm like, oh, I can even flip this for a few hundred dollars potentially, or four hundred. No, no. So I'm going to go in the garage, and I'll never fucking use it. I'm glad you're wising up. Wising up a little bit. Wisening up. I think that's a term, Ian. Uh, I, speaking of wising up, I went to Wario. It's kind of sad. The NES games is just like that shelf behind them now, and like three rows. And it's like, yeah, there's still like uh, Mike Tyson's punch out. But the fact that no one's buying Mike Tyson's punch out or asking about it, they're just sitting there. He probably wants like 30 bucks each, but like. Someone went there. Solid uh, days are gone, Wario. S- someone who comes into the store. It's done. Said that uh, he had like all the games priced at $25. Every Nintendo game was priced at $25. Just to cover himself in case. He's, he's so lazy to check because the average price is probably like 5 I wish I could remember what it was, but someone actually got something for like 15 bucks cheaper than they should have because he was charging just $25 for all of them. They took the time to look through it. Well, I got Zombie Nature from him about eight years ago for $15. bucks. i am I'm talking about a week ago. Oh, okay. Two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, there was one that was like a $40 game? Yeah, it was like a $40 game that they ended up getting for 25 But yeah, I think he's just given up. He's just given up hope. Because even the Super Nintendo stuff is now like, it's like a thin little. He was selling masks. That's uh, above. Oh, everyone's selling masks now. Um, they're they're cheap. They're like two dollars or like three for ten. You can get glitter ones or all over. Uh, so that's obviously a big thing now or bigger thing at the swap meet. Uh, there. Um, and then was there anything else I was close to even buying? No, there really wasn't anything. There was like a random Marble Madness game for three dollars. I saw it. So some lady had as one game. I said, Do you have any more games? She's like, no. I was like. No, in the past I might have bought and that's just just to buy a game. I love I love Marble Madness, but I was like, no, this is this is this is uh, n- n- this Boughton. is not. But but what I did see there, Ian, and I had the photo to prove it. I found my good old RK One Up Galaga. Remember the one RK One Up Galaga? Mm-hmm. Uh, there there is a, a new a newer video game dealer that's been there the past maybe year half two years. Younger guy, probably around thirty. He had a Galaga built, and I looked and I, was, I looked over from like seven feet away. It's missing that. It was missing the same piece. I think that was missing from the one that I got. The that front panel. Mm. So like, it was put together. Mm-hmm. It was missing that front board. And I was like, oh, he must have bought it from the other people and put it together. And no one wants it. You know. So there was there it was there was mine that I bought. <laughs> so it was there. So that was that was really really the only highlight. However, there was also a a a, a Frank update. Because his birthday is on Halloween. He would have turned uh, seventy. Mm-hmm. His birthday was 10 years ago. Birthday party was 10 years ago. There was going to be one from this year before COVID, so it kind of sucks. Well, you know, my 40th this year was no birthday party either. So next year is a re- redo of the birthdays. But um, he's doing well. He was four beers in when I called him. He says he really misses seeing me. We're going to hang out soon. But, Ian, he has in his possession Super Nintendo games, Frank does. This, this, is, this is big news. This is big stuff. So Frank's friend had three sons um about you know mid early to mid 30s about mid late 30s so they're like super super nintendo age so gave them to frank they didn't care so let's give you frank do whatever you want so um frank has about 40 super nintendo games plus the console and 
um, he sent me it was it, it was like trying to piece together a fucking puzzle because I said text me a picture of the games and of course they were like out of focus too far I was like so I had to like go through them all okay now I need the first game on the on the second call it took 40 minutes but I got all the games so without even guessing what games are in there you could probably guess 30 out of the 40 games it's like the standard Super Nintendo games there's, when I first I said 40 games is a lot for a kid but there's three sons it makes sense that's a lot more so, you know, it, just give me like seven Super Nintendo games right now. I'll let you know if they were, it, it were there. Gradius 3. Yes. Pilot Wings. Yes. Sim City. Yes. Super Mario World. Yes. F Zero. Yes. Uh, Super Tennis. No, that one was not. Hmm. Less, less sports games. Super Ghouls and Ghosts was, though. Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Ken Griffey. No, no sport. Like, less sports. But the standards. Hey. Actually, Pilot Wings might not have been in there, actually. But there was. You got all Mortal Kombat. You got Street Fighter 2. You know. Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Country 2 was there, not the first one. One of them, that's fine. Um, so you got the standards. The only weird one, I think you got Super Metro, you got... So like all the standards, the only weird one was Axley was in there. Ooh. So that one I might... So I'm gonna, So basically what's going to happen. I'm going to buy them from Frank. I'm not going to rip them off like it's flea market prices. I'm going to try to get closer to like what you know what Luna would give for the games or whatever. But for Axley, since I don't have it, I'll pay him closer to retail because I'll probably add it to my collection. The other ones, all the rest of them are going to go in the great Pat sell-off of 2021. It's just going to go into there. You know, that's probably what I'm going to do uh, with, with those there. But Frank, you know, he was happy to get them. He, they'd given him sports cars before that were all worthless from like the late 80s, early 90s, and non-sports cars, which I went through and took out some of the Marvel cards. He said, just take whatever you want. I took some Marvel cards because I love Marvel cards. But uh, no, it was just funny to see Frank get video games and have them in his possession. It's like it's like the the great video you participated in, the NWC video, where mm-hmm. Frank gets all the Nintendo games in the crate. Well, this is like for real, except they're all... But it's funny, on the phone, uh, he got, I go to him, yeah, Frank, I don't think you probably have anything... Um, anything worth uh, like a ton of money or anything was like he, he's like yeah you know I, but I saw that, that that game what is it called it's called stadium games <laughs> so I was like alright Frank you remember the stadium thing <laughs> it was funny he tried to pull off the joke then of course he lost it because he was like three beers in at that point that's <laughs> uh, so anyway so I just think that's funny that Frank has some video games in his possession I was trying to think of any other weird ones besides that that would stand out besides Axelay that he had uh, I was I was expecting to see something like Zombies Ate My Neighbors or something, but there wasn't anything like that. There was like Turtles in Time. Like I said, all the standard hits were in there. It really goes to show you that like eighty percent of people own the same exact games. Like like the the, the concentric circle, what have you, the same games. It's like oh, yeah. if you own a Super Nintendo, you have all the all the hits there. Um, so uh, th- this is something that weird has happened. We talked about WWE before clamping down on people's uh, social media accounts, in particular like their Twitch and their cameos because somehow they're independent contractors, but you can't make money on your own. So now... Nothing independent uh, about it. No, it's fucking bullshit. It's one of the reasons why I'm so anti-WE this year and just saying fuck it all uh, anymore because I'm sick of this shit. So people like AJ Styles and others are voluntarily just saying, you know, I'm suspending my Twitch account. They're suspending their Twitch accounts because they don't want to be like forced to use them and give money to WWE, right? Then it's like a part of their, from my Reddit, part of their downside guarantee. So then it's like you're now working for the company on your independent accounts. So it's it's sad, it's stupid uh, to do this. Obviously, um, Paige, the big thing going on about Twage is that Paige is that she was was uh, going off on WWE. Uh, she did a. 10 hour stream and she said I've, I've literally broken my neck twice for this company which is true and like now you, you're not gonna let me stream and she's using her own her real name uh, was it Soraya she's not even using Paige so it's like 
I can't. I don't own my body anymore to, to like work on shit. It's yeah, insane. fuck that. These are independent. These are supposed to be independent contractors. Um, so I think this is. I, I honestly think this is where it's come to a head. Where it's like, I know talk about the W employees not wanting to unionize or at least stand up for themselves. I think this is where it's a bridge too far over line. It's like this is like ridiculous. I can't even do this shit on my own. Like I can't. So yeah, I think I think this is where, where people really start to sour. Uh, honestly, the PR is terrible. Yeah, no, it's it, it looks miserable. Um, and I don't know if you saw, there's going to be a Netflix documentary, I think it is, on um, Vince McMahon um, was announced, but they reached out to WWE, and it's like doing it in conjunction with him. And I think uh, I, I think uh, 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 a documentary on Vince McMahon could be interesting, but not if he's fucking involved with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna. We're not gonna talk about the briefcase. Uh, we're not gonna talk about steroid use. We're not gonna talk. Jimmy about... uh, bailing out Jimmy Snooker from That's murder right. charges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, oh, that briefcase. The briefcase. I was yeah. thinking of like Money in the Bank. You know, no, but, and, and a lot of the other stuff that that went on that was awful. You know, yeah, it's a laundry list of things. Um, so, so this is what uh, Soraya Page said. I cannot deal with this company anymore. This is a lot. I broke my fucking neck twice for this company. They don't realize that this community isn't just about fucking subs, dude, or I'll stop saying that. We built, such a wonderful, we built such a wonderful community, a wonderful family, where this is an escape for a lot of people, including myself. I can't wrestle anymore. I was worked so hard in WE that I can't wrestle anymore. My neck is effed. My whole effing dreams got taken away from me, dude, and I had to have something that fulfilled that huge effing void that I lost with wrestling. So now she has people she's interacting with. It's right. like, yeah, so it, it's, it's, it's sad. What, can I, what else am I going to say? It's sad and it's stupid. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a greedy piece of shit. There's, there's, I mean, everyone's suffering during during COVID for the most part. Uh, revenue's down for a lot of people. If you're a wrestler, your downside guarantee's probably down. You know, so it's like let people make money the way they can make money. Just let them do it. Just let, let them do it. Um, want to talk about the Xbox Series X fridge giveaway? Yeah, um, Microsoft playing on the jokes that their uh, new console is bulky and looks like a refrigerator is actually making an Xbox Series X fridge. Uh, it's one of those follow and retweet contests, and it shows... Uh, basically, <laughs> basically, it's it's a refrigerator that looks exactly like a Series X. And, um, uh, yeah, they show it loaded with snacks and goodies and all that. I don't know if that, you know, they're going to try to ship it to you with snacks and goodies. They made a giant box. But it, it's pretty for the, funny. For the fridge. Yeah. Like a yeah. giant X, like a giant box. So this is funny it's obviously a custom job it's amusing uh you know i mean they're self-aware of the look of their system more immersive than ever they open it It shows all the food inside i mean it's just come on you you gotta laugh at this so yeah that's all i really have to say about that but yeah it's it's funny so i guess you can win it ends oh it ends tomorrow i'm entering this screw it uh retweet oh i gotta follow and retweet to win it probably not a lot of times you can like mail in uh there's donuts inside there with logos on them it's fun it's fun stuff here. Um, Ian, you can invest in the Intellivision Amico. I just want to put that out there as a public service announcement mm. that you can invest in the Intellivision Amico on republic.co. Uh, they're getting they're getting people investing in batches of 1,000, 2,000, 5,000 there. Um, I just want to point out I'm very confident in this as an investment, especially when you see uh, images of families uh, playing that Amico that are definitely not stock images where they photoshopped in uh, Intellivision and Amico controllers into the, the lovely young family's hands. 
it, it, it builds me with a lot of faith and confidence that this is going forward at a, at a nice clip right now. Yeah, fun, fun stuff. It's, it's Definitely look- showing people uh, in the moment. Um, you can literally right click on any of these images and say, you know, search Google for the image, and you won't get you know the stock images that they're based on, where they're holding like PS4 controllers and, <laughs> and things like that. So that's good. And uh, just want to point out. As part of it, uh, as part of this uh, campaign here, and I'm not trying to pass judgment, but um, they they post up uh, to help get uh, investors. There's the 2019 influencers and YouTubers video, the thumbnails of our pal John Riggs on there, and um, I'm not going to say the enthusiasm for for a console. Uh, if you if you want this console to come out and be successful, that's fantastic. Good for you. I'm not poo-pooing any enthusiasm. I'll question your judgment about why you think it's going to be a, a big hit. But if, if you're enthusiastic, it's your feelings, your emotions. But I will, I will question the motives of using people's unbridled enthusiasm for a console to then use that in the video where you're now trying to get investments from potential uh, uh, random people. Um, I think there's a, that's a little bit dirty pool. Yeah, I think that's um, a scumbag move of Tommy to take uh, people who have gotten uh, enthusiastic about a console and then uh, use it to try to milk money out of investors. Which which we knew this was the play the whole time. We always said about this is an investor video. This is an investor video. This is a pitch. Um, so, yeah, that's what's kind of weird about it. I, I'll, if you're okay with this as, as one of these quote-unquote influencers in this video, hey, sure, more power to you. But I, I don't probably think that most of you were asked to be included in this video to pitch to investors most likely um and if you weren't you might question then what's what's happening that's all i'm going to say about this um that's all i'm going to say of course most of the people investing their money uh in this right now on this site are not going to see a return um you know i'll I'll bet money on that myself but that's all i'm going to say it's it's kind of it's kind of it's turn it's it's taken a sleazier turn than I would have expected at this point in time. And, and just as a reminder, for this thing to, to be in people's hands by April, they got to be in probably production by probably end of the year. they got to be in production uh, on this thing to get it in people's hands. So we'll have an update for you uh, when it comes to that, if it actually gets into production in a couple of months. We'll, we'll see what the news is there. Um, Ian, we got wares. You do. Go to ultimatenintent.com. You can get some RBI baseball stickers. You can get the CU Podcast enamel pin, which which would have made a great, great Halloween handout present. Would have made it. <laughs> or, or RBI baseball Very stickers. Very heavy. Or, of course, the, hey, hey, Christmas is, is less than two months away. When I went to the supermarket uh, two weeks ago, there was already Christmas stuff out in the middle of October. You know what makes a great stocking stuffer? Ultimate Super Nintendo book or NES guidebook. You can, you can almost stock that stuffing. You'd probably break the stocking, though. I still put out a stocking for myself with candy because I'm like a four-year-old. Stockings are great. They're great. Second best holiday is Christmas. Uh, Thanksgiving, I think, is fine. But when it comes down, it really just comes down to eating turkey and cranberry sauce. You know, there's not a huge lot of tradition besides watching a football game on Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving because it's just about eating and you don't have to make turkey. Well, the Super Bowl is just about eating now, too, for the most part. What's that? Super Bowl is about eating and just mass commercialism. That's why I like. That's why it should be a national holiday. So, you want to talk about this Super Nintendo manual project, Ian? So yeah, people are trying to get all of the Super Nintendo manuals on the internet. Um, this is uh, 
so the all the Nintendo manuals, uh, for the most part, I think all of them were online through Nintendo Age and are probably still up somewhere. Maybe even the Internet Archive has them. Hopefully. Um, the yeah, Internet yeah. Archive does a lot of manual and document... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Cataloging. I don't know. I haven't checked to see if they're there. I, I would hope they would be. Um, that would make yeah, sense. That was the best part of Nintendo Age was, was there actually having all the game pictures and the image of the box art and things like that in the, in the manuals. But um, for the last six years, uh, someone's been slowly trying to get every beat every Super Nintendo game. Um, and uh, they found out that, you know, trying to complete a section, they need to find the manual, and they don't always have access to all of them. So that's what kind of... Uh, was the impetus for this? Yes, gave them the inspiration to uh, do that. What's the person's name? Peebs? Peebs. Not Peanut Butter Gamer. Peebs, because that's his nickname. Yeah, but <laughs> no, no, not, not that not that Peebs. Uh, an American in his mid-30s. Peebs tells me he's led a crazy, wild, varied life. Working, yeah, so I, I, I'm trying to find his actual full name here, but Peebs is what I'm... I'm wow, wild up. life in your, in your early 30s. That's a, that's a pretty good run. Then did a lot of stuff. So, um, Yeah, this is important, obviously, for archival purposes, and plus some of the manuals are expensive, so even if you own the, the game or want to play it on an emulator or you know, review it for a certain guidebook, it's nice to have a reference because it's not enough to, to sometimes look at even game facts. Doesn't, some of these games aren't even on game facts. So on the, uh, the N64 project right now that I'm working on, um, I'm roughly only, only half of the manuals, a little over half are online. Like the full manual. Right. So that's like a low number. I expect it to be more than that. I was kind of surprised by that. It's like, it's between, I think, top of my head, they're, they're not counting the Japanese ones. All right. So there's, there's 300 North American and PAL games. There's about probably 200. So like two thirds, if you're not counting Japanese, that you can read through every single page that there's scans of. So it's, that's low to me. Yeah, it's weird. I, that's always one of the first things I would have expected to be archived when it comes to video game stuff is getting all the manuals up there because, as it says in this article even, um, especially with a lot of old games, there's information that is not given to you in any way, shape, or form in these games unless you uh, read the manual. And there's cool story stuff and there's cool promos and giveaways. I talk about the Wally Bear joining the No Gang and getting stickers and a newsletter. I'm like, I wouldn't know about that. That was what in the manual and looked. One of my favorite Nintendo games, uh, Blue Marlin, is basically impossible to suss out how to play that game unless you actually open the manual. All the lures look, and stuff and what and you look into it. And it's not like it's it's overly complex. You know, I mean, it's, it, it's not like an insanely complex game, but you're working with a D-pad and two but you know two main buttons. Um, it's not always easy to figure out exactly everything that you're supposed to do unless unless you read through it. So um, beyond Super Nintendo, I, I think getting manuals for games up on the internet, um, especially for cartridge-based systems where the manual is so often separated from the game, it, it's it's important to do. Yeah, I think once you get to the turn of the century, that stuff is more readily available with like with anything else. But yeah, for the '80s and '90s stuff. Uh, there's still work to be done, obviously. Uh, so in this example here, uh, uh, Skulljagger was uh, 70, first 75 pages are storybooks. So that's a huge manual. I don't think I've ever seen that manual before. Uh, to, to I don't know. think I have either. So that's got to be a thick-ass manual. I mean, most manuals were not even like 30 pages you know, for Super Nintendo. You know, they, they weren't that big. So that's, uh, that's pretty good. That's a, that's a pretty good one there. Other manuals just came just contain use really useful information for games like Wing Commander or or ASP Airstrike Patrol when they use weird button combinations for in-game commands, knowing just how to be able to say the game is a huge difference maker. That's the sort of thing that if someone can't figure it out, 
they might just quickly lose interest in the game. Yeah, and that's the thing about this. Like, when people talk about, oh, I can't figure this game out, it's like, well, you're supposed to look at the manual historically to learn how to play a game. Yeah. Like, that's what annoys me uh, when you see people bitch about games. Oh, this game is hard to play. And it's like, you don't know how to play it. It used to be you read the manual before you played a game. Right. That's why it's a manual. That's why there's instructions. You know, that's... In fact, I explain that's kind of weird, but I mean, that's a generational thing. Well, it is. I mean, it, it, it's annoying, but I don't think it's that weird. I mean, depending on when you started playing games, I would really say it started happening around the PS2 era when there was more space and stuff. They, they switched to DVDs. There was more space on discs. Um, that, they, that, that, that tutorials really kind of became um, the norm. And Not our norm. No. Um, and uh, tutorials are great. I, I personally would rather just read a manual and skip into the game, but I, I, I get it. It's it's not what... They grew up play, learning to play video games differently than we did. So I'm looking at the site right now. Yeah, a chunk of them are on there, which is great. Um, obviously, like the PAL ones are historically hard to find, at least in, in my research, to find like the scans of some of those weird PAL games. But it looks like, wow, he's got a bunch of them up already. He's got a, He's got a majority of them up. Good for him. Good for him, and oh, he's a super—he's a super Famicom uh, link as well. For those, that's obviously more sparse. That's going to be tougher to get a probably hold of those to do that. Unless there's someone in Japan doing a project like this. Um, so, right, good for you, peeps. Good for you. Now, <clears throat> in much somber, somber news, um, maybe not drastically bad. Uh, the best uh, restaurant chain in the U.S. Friendlies filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy that's bold we, we've uh we've uh tip it. We, we've we've taken a lot in 2020 we've suffered a lot uh and uh this is uh this is a, a semi-heartbreaker there is a silver lining though so friendlies they filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy protection amid pandemic woes from usa today fic restaurants the company that owns the chain filed for chapter 11 protection but the corporate owner said it agreed to a deal to sell its assets to Amici Partners Group, which is affiliated with Bricks Holdings, a company that handles restaurant franchising. Nearly, here's the good news. Nearly all of Friendly's 130 company-owned and franchise locations will remain open, FIC said in a statement. The chain is known for its sandwiches, burgers, and most importantly, ice cream desserts. Now, here's the thing. A lot of Friendly's have closed the past 10 years. There was, like I think, uh, several hundred 15 years ago. 20 years ago and obviously it's mostly east coast northeast we get it if you're from if you're from the tri-state area you know about friendlies um 130 you're still hanging on there that's not a lot i mean even from the conventions i went to ian there'd be like the connecticut convention oh there's like three friendlies within you know 20 miles we can radius then a couple years later oh there's only one left now and that's what i hear from people it's like it's just they're shuttering these at a rate so the fact that someone's bought it is great and you're hoping they can keep most of these open, and the fact that it's owned by someone who owns other chains means they probably will. I always said this. Just for the ice cream alone, Friendly's is worth keeping open. They, 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 have, they have a brand with the ice cream. They sell it in stores on the East Coast, in supermarkets. You can buy it in, in, in your freezing, freezer section. So worst case scenario, I always saw it being bought out and then just becoming an ice cream franchise sort of thing, and I think it would have been fine just like that. But obviously some people like, to, to like the, the, you know, the food. The food's not why I go to Friendly's, but when I go to Friendly's, there's usually people eating in there, you know, here and there. But it's definitely the ice cream that, that's going to keep it afloat, which they sell at Friendly's, along with fribbles and ice cream and things like that. Go on, that was good. 
So it wasn't bad. So obviously everyone's suffering. Pat's suffering during COVID. Everyone, businesses are suffering a bit here and there. So I'm hoping that these places rebound next year. They can get through get through these dry periods. But it is sad. But the other thing is that not all the friendlies restaurants are are corporate owned. There are ones that are franchisees. So I'm guessing if that happens, you still depend upon you know the corporate to get your materials and food and stuff. But you you still own it no matter what. Like you own that location, you own that stuff. That's yours, depending upon the agreement. Right. Hopefully, because there's still you know there's still you know uh, the, the couple of blockbusters are left. They're not corporate owned. They're just the video stores that have blockbusters still on there that were franchised. Sure. That stood around. So you hope you hope for, for friendly to stick around. I still have a gift card. For God's sake, I still have it. Because I would have used it this year. Because whenever I go back to a Jersey convention, Pennsylvania, or Connecticut, I try to hit up Friendlies with me and my group. And I usually treat everyone. Because Friendlies is a gift that keeps on giving. I just want a junior Sunday. I want a clown Sunday. Something like clown Sunday. How much happiness in the world because of the clown Sunday and the witch Sunday for Halloween. There was no, there's so many less, less witch, uh, witch uh, Sundays this year because of COVID. That, that makes me sad. That's it for this intro on YouTube <laughs> as we go to our main topic here. Uh, I still have to wait. Someone, I, I, I had a, in 2016 in Syracuse, a 20-minute friendlies rant because I was um, uh, hysterically uh, worn out from my 2016 uh, fall book tour, basically, of the conventions that was recorded. It was recorded, as I remember, in the corner. But uh, allegedly, there was a, a tiff between... Uh, the videographer that was hired by, by Retro Game Con and people running the event, that that footage was never distributed. The footage is from that event. So the historic Pat Friendly's ran of 2016 has, has never been seen before. Historic. Where I, was, where I was literally delirious and like probably on like two hours of sleep that night. And I just went off on Friendly's for 20 minutes. It's, it's legendary in the Syracuse area. Legendary it's in legendary. the Syracuse area. But hey, if you're out there, show me that, that footage. I'll just see a worn out 2016 Pat that was barely hanging on for dear life at that point. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right, well, it's, it's time to start the main podcast, Ian. The main podcast. So there was a uh, <clears throat> an update on um, Playdate. So Playdate is the um, handheld, uh, the, the, the cute little yellow handheld with a crank on the right-hand side that we've mentioned a few times here. Uh, it's got a black and white uh, screen. Two buttons, D-pad, crank. Um, design is partially being done by Teenage Engineering, who's done a, a number of uh, synthesizers, um, some of which I own or have owned. Um, so I've been pretty excited about this. I like handheld gaming. Um, and uh, the, there's a lot of things I like about the Playdate, but my, I think the thing that I like the most is the Playdate has always known what it was going to be, and it's not pretending to be anything that it's not. It knows that it's going to be a niche system, um, for, you know, handheld gaming enthusiasts. Uh, and it's got a bunch of interesting um, uh, uh, developers behind it, um, including the guy who did Katamari uh, Damacy, 
um uh i believe uh what's his name something gauge damn now i can't remember um but the person who did spell tower um and uh some other developers that i I can't mention now but it, it has me it has me pretty excited for it um it was going to come out in 2020, but of course, COVID has uh, affected things. Um, however, they managed to get all their certification uh, done. Well, look at this that. year. Pretty impressive. Um, and uh, they, they, they're letting us know what's going on. So basically, uh, they've come out. They said that it's been a weird, weird year, but the or- pre-orders will start in uh, early 2021. Um, there are going to be more games in the first season of games than they had intended. Um, so first ones will be 12, so they're going to up that? They're going to up that. They uh, they haven't said by how much, but they said there's going Where's to be 12 the updated games. number? I'm looking at the website now. No, 12, I believe, was original. So it's going to cost 149 for that in the 12-plus games. Mm, 12 games. 12 games. A unit. $149. And that's what they said it was going to cost at the beginning. They and did. you know what? That's what it's going to cost when they release it. Not 250 or $300? Anyway. Okay. Um, so, uh, interesting things. They said that um, they're, they're being very open here. And I see this as a response to... Um, and I'm not going to try to pick companies against each other, but I, 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 intentionally. But I see this as a response to how Analog has handled... Um, the analog pocket and so far the duo in terms of saying it's going to be you know it's going to be limited etc cetera, etc cetera. um so playdate has announced that they're doing 20,000 units at, uh, at initially which they think is going to be enough to meet demand they hope um in fact they even say they hope they're not overshooting the demand uh the other thing is if these sell out uh, and i do think they probably will um if and when these sell out uh, additional runs of the system are going to be done via an open order process. Uh, their whole thing is they don't ever want to say that they're technically sold out of the system, meaning you should be able to order a play date whenever you want, and when you order the play date, they'll tell you when your play date should ship. Sure, once, they, it, once they reach that minimum threshold. And it's going to be a, a first come, you know, f- uh, first serve basis. Um, so I, I, I think that's 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 going to breed them a, a, a fairly significant amount of goodwill, being open about how your process is going, how many units there are going to be at start, um, and the fact that there's going to be open orders on the additional runs. And yeah, you may have to wait, but you will be able to get an order in and say that, yes, I've got one coming on its way. Sure, it might be six months, it might be a year, but they're going to try to get it to you. Right. I'm sure there'll be a cutoff if they, if they can't, if they don't get enough interest in three years or whatever it is, they won't do it. But that's good because it doesn't make it seem like people are really left out in the cold. Um, they said that they've addressed quirks that people, uh, developers found with developer units. That So the hardware is locked down. They're done. They're done with season one of the games. Those are finished and they'll start revealing those soon. They said they delivered hundreds of Playdate units to developers of all skill levels around the globe. From, veteran in, from industry veterans to pixel artists writing their first lines of code. There you go. Yeah. And uh, they've shown these units in action. People have had them in their hands. These aren't renders. These are actual units that are ready to go and be used so uh and then the packaging is locked um i'm kind of a weird packaging fan i don't like unboxings and stuff like that i don't really watch them but this is cute i do like the packaging for the play date it's like, like a zippo lighter i like the, <laughs> i like the bright yellow box um yeah i'm i'm all for it and uh 
I like this a lot. I'm 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 more bullish on this than originally because not just the communication, the company's been so open and clear. The fact that they are actively building a develop like a developer like team, like they're building it with people and, and fostering that. That's like something really cool to see. Yes, um, and the um, SDK uh, for developing is they plan on releasing it to the public for free in the future. So um, that's something that I haven't seen them say a lot here, but is uh, something that they have mentioned previously, is that every playdate is technically a dev kit. Um, so, you know, if you have a playdate, you'll be able to develop for it. So if you develop for it, does that mean it would have to go, like, would you have to submit it to be as part of a season at that point? Is is it? I'm, I'm guessing there's not going to be any store. To, to, is is going to be a store to, to purchase games, or is that going to be a possibility? So I don't. I don't know that we actually know this yet. But my thinking is that um, there's going to be the official season of games. I'm a, I'm sure there will be you know a season two uh, that you'll probably have to pay for. Um, but I'm assuming that much like and this like I said, this is just assumptions. I could be wrong. But if it's going to be if if every playdate is technically a dev kit and it's open for people to develop, that means that people can make all sorts of homebrew and fan games and just send them around and you'll be able to load them into your playdate. There's no reason why you wouldn't be able to. Sure. Um, yeah, so I don't know if there's going to be a store. Uh, there would be for official releases, but yeah, there's going to be lots of ways to do the you know the homebrew. I'm just, I, guess like I guess it has to. If they do the seasons you purchase, then why not just do a store? Uh, this is what I'm thinking. What, what if someone... Like puts a lot of time and money to actually like, let's say this kind of takes off and you actually want to make a game that you put resources in. I'd like to not just have for free potentially, maybe make my money back or make a profit. I'm just wondering about how this could potentially take off. What would happen? What if you got like a bigger game that made like a D make and put it on the play date? Like 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 uh, I'm just trying to think of something. Oh, there's a possibility. I, I think this is I think this is going to be this is going to be probably more popular than I originally thought. I think this is going to be a thing. A small thing. There's this is a, has a quirky personality to this, and the look and the feel of it. I think this is this is something here. Yeah, it, it's going to have a oh. fan base. I mean, there's something here. There, there, there's something here that I like about it. And I can't put my finger on all of it, but um, it definitely stands out in its original. But uh, yeah, and then you know, kind of the so you know, just to go back over it, blah blah blah. That all sounds great. This is after the the, the description of what it's going to do. We don't want to take anyone's money until playdate is one hundred percent done and ready to go. Look at that. I mean, they're not gonna they're not gonna take a down payment. And I I, I think that's something. Uh, I'll, uh you know, well, it, that I, they they and and I realize that. That's not something that everyone, yeah, not can, everyone do. can do. Yeah. Um, you have to have a pretty good financial backing to be able to, to do that. But it's mm-hmm. nice. And I think, like I said, I, I think a lot of this well, is only going to help people feel comfortable about backing uh, well, the sure. Playdate. Well, they got that Goose Game money that they could, uh, they could, <laughs> they're going to go into. Playdate isn't Goose Game. They're a publisher. It's on their site. It says, we started publishing games like Untitled Goose Game and Firewatch. Oh, that's right. Yes, they they published. They didn't make them, but yeah, they're, they're, well, they, they're the publisher. They got some Goose Game money. That's what I mean. Yeah. So I, I, Firewatch didn't do as well as Goose Game. But Firewatch still did pretty well, didn't it? Oh yeah, Firewatch was very, very, very popular. So yeah, they got so you got they got money in the bank to make these. Uh, so that's good. And I, and I wouldn't fault them if they took pre-order money. I'm just saying it's it's nice and refreshing that they're not. No, everything yeah. about this is refreshing. Uh, that that's the way I would put it. Like a cool glass of lemonade. Uh, that's the color almost. Well, it's more gold. Um, yeah. Everything looks to be cool. That's the only thing I'm going to say about. It. I, I like the, there's a little more game samples. There's the the cute little uh, game that's like a, a dungeon little Zelda looking game. 
That looks adorable. And all the games... This is what I like about this system. These games have a personality that could probably only exist on this system. Like this. Or or, or more like a system like this. Or that other small card game uh, system you told Ardu Boy. The Ardu, Ardu Boy. I, I love the Ardu Boy. So these are consoles that you can't really replicate the look and feel of these probably easily on other consoles. Small, cheap, clever, creative handhelds are my bread and butter. I, I, I love everything about well, it. Um, Ardu Boy, the Playdate. Um, I've started looking into some of the Pico 8 uh, small handhelds, but um, this is uh, this is somewhere between something that's very hobbyist focused like the Ardu Boy and then something that's got a full on release like you know like a like a like a Nintendo product. This is this is right smack dab in the center. It's yeah, it's like it's going to be a commercial hit. It obviously won't be as big as a, a Nintendo product, but it, it could it could get a following. And be around for several years. Then we'll get the Playdate Color. Yeah. In five years. And, and they, well, <laughs> and they don't think they're going to sell millions of it. They don't think no, that no, they're no. going to disrupt the market. And that's that's like I said at the beginning of it. That's one of the things I really like about Playdate uh, so far is they're being very realistic about what they're making. They're not just throwing out terms and bullshit. They know it's. They, they, they know that other handhelds exist. They know that there isn't necessarily a need for this, and they're explain. It, it, it's, it's a fun little thing. It may take off once it's there. Like, yeah. like that's the thing you don't know about something. Some of these might take off, and maybe you sell fifty thousand or a hundred thousand. All of a sudden, you have like a built-in fan base or something like this. Other thing, is, uh, one last thing I, I, I like is while the crank is neat, um, I think it's you know it, it, it's there as like a little uh, neat gimmick. They've already said that they don't expect every game to use the crank. They're not going to force it. Um, so you know this is hopefully not going to end up like a Nintendo Wii situation where suddenly everything has to have motion controls. I guarantee you, not every game well, on the uh, I, I, even in season one, I would be impressed if if even three quarters of the games all use the crank. Sure, but I think the crank could be interesting, and I still want to see efficiency. Yeah, game. You, you have two buttons only. Still, I guess the crank gives you up to what three more functions: uh, forward, backwards, I guess analog speed. Um, I, I I'm to be honest, I would have loved to see couple more buttons on this there's space for i would have loved to seen that but i understand you want to keep it super simple for super for the games i get that um they're they're keeping these more like you know game original game boy games like you know simplicity i get that but i I love the d-pad i fucking love this d-pad it's a real d-pad i love that that d-pad it looks sexy as hell yeah i really want to get my thumb on there and see how yes i want to get my thumb in there and just press that i mean those buttons look like juicy and that d-pad looks juicy to me all right uh ian Patrick. You know, we talk about EA surprise mechanics a lot, loot boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's every, Almost every week there's something controversial going potentially uh, around this. And we brought this up before about all the lawsuits pending or coming against EA and other companies. Uh, in North America, there's rumblings, but in Europe, it's it's been happening. It's been happening for a while here. So the latest news, this happened uh, on last Thursday. Judge sides with Dutch government Netherlands on fining EA up to five point eight five million dollars unless it ditches ditches FIFA loot boxes. All right, the, the issue uh, ruling came out October fifteenth and was published just last Thursday. Allows the Netherlands gambling authority, known as can spell Lotoritite or KSA for short, thank you, to proceed with fining EA and its Switzerland-based office roughly two hundred ninety-two thousand dollars a piece. Each week, that FIFA continues Jesus. to sell loot boxes until the maximum fine is reached at $5.85 million. Uh, EA said it would appeal the decision in a statement to Eurogamer. 
All right. So they first came out against us back in 2018, the Gambling Authority. I think we did a story on that. Mm-hmm. And it was targeting at the time FIFA 18, Dota 2, uh, Public Battlegrounds G, and Rocket League. Uh, it eventually threatened the students behind those games and with fines unless the mechanics it deemed to constitute paid gambling were changed. Obviously, that has not happened. <laughs> Obviously, it's only you know grown in the past uh, few years there. Um, I think something some just came out today about, I think it was Blizzard Activision's profits that were insane on, on DLC or, or microtransactions was fucking nuts this year. I think it just came out. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll search for that in a bit here. I just saw that this morning or yesterday. Um, three of those games no longer have pay loot boxes. FIFA's paid player packs remain the core of its ultimate team mode on FIFA. So it's, it's, it's basically the same exact fucking thing. You're still paying for a chance to win something. Sure. Um, players slowly build up an all-star team by buying packs of player cards with famous top-tier players being the most sought-after and the rarest to get. And that's obviously the same with the 2K games. Same thing. You buy the packs, right, to get your team. Yes. It's like, imagine imagine trying to play a multiplayer game in the 90s where it's like, oh, I can't play as Sean Kemp, Ian. I got to spend money for the chance to play him in NBA Jam, you know? It, it's for the online modes. Well, it's for the my team modes, yes. So, it, it, it obviously, in a career mode or a... a um a franchise mode, you would still be able to play as that character, but when you're making, when you're building your teams, when you're doing those, yes, you need to, to unlock the character via those. This is what the Gambling Authority wrote in its announcement. The fact that football players sometimes have a high value and that they can be occasionally be traded constitutes a violation of the Gambling Act. Under Dutch law, a game that of chance that allows a prize of premium to be won can only be provided if a relevant license has been granted. So that's the thing here. It's if if players have different value here, um, and you're obviously going for the higher value, and you're paying money to do it. I, I don't know how you can argue that it's not gambling at that point. I just don't. I just don't. And you're talking about trading it. Well, then trading is 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 that's a form of currency at that point too. So it's like yeah, yes. Once it, you can trade it, it, then you can accept money for it, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Okay, this, this article talks about them describing loot boxes as surprise mechanics and calling them quite ethical back in 2019 when discussing the issue for UK Parliament. Did they put on their wigs and their robes before they went in the coat to call it quite ethical? Yes. I, I kind of love that they, they still do that in the UK and, and like you still dress up in the fucking robes and wigs from 800 fucking years ago in the UK. It's, it's something I like about that. I don't know why. It's just it's overly formal to the point that it's funny and ridiculous. I find it to be absurd. But yeah, yes, it's absurdly, it's it's totally absurd. But they still do that. All your lawyers have to dress like that. It's 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 nuts. Um, we do not believe that our products and services violate gambling laws in any way. EA said in, EA said in a statement to Eurogamer, we are appealing the decision and we seek to avoid a situation impacting the ability of Dutch players, Dutch players to fully experience and enjoy FIFA Ultimate Team because that's what they really worry about is the experience of the the Dutch players, not the fact they're taking money in hand over fist. Yeah, no, they're definitely worried about the money hand over fist. Um, so, I mean, it's interesting that they're, they're, they're that this is happening to see other countries attack this. It seems like Europe, Europe isn't they're they're not as uh, you know they're not taking this like, as much as we are. Obviously, in Europe, the, these different European countries are like this is fucked up. The truth of the matter is, though, it's not going to change anything. It's a slap on the wrist. There's a maximum amount that this fine can be, sure. and the maximum amount of this fine is nothing compared to the money that EA makes. So EA is not going to change anything. They're going to pay the fine, they're going to cry about it, and they're going to continue doing this. Unless they change the law to say, well, there's not going to be a limit anymore. We're just going to keep taking money from you. And, and then more countries do that in Europe. Sure. Like, there's one from the UK. But I think we're, pro- I, I think we're probably pretty far from that, honestly. Well, this makes it a step closer, though. Because, because if they if they thumb their nose at this and keep doing it, 
All right, they can say, all right, we're going we're gonna to take more money from you. We don't care. It goes in our coffers, and we, we penalize you. Yeah, I mean, my thinking is, though, I mean, unless they make it significant, I don't think there's... I, I, I think EA will continue to look at this and be like, the percentage that we get to keep is still worthwhile. Yeah, but think, yeah, think about it, though, if, 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 like, 10 different European countries do this. Then it starts adding up. If sure. France does it. Okay, if, if, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I could see that. Then, then we're talking about tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars over time, and then they're going to have to. But then at that point, what do they do? Once they, How do they change it that it's not gambling anymore? Or, or they have to just give up that revenue stream, at least in Europe? I don't know. But that's where, it's, it's, at least in the Netherlands, it's heading there. Well, they'll just say we're not going to have it available in, in the Netherlands. And then the players might complain. Cause maybe the players want it. I don't say you'd want this, though, if you're a player. Because if you're so used to it, you want to open up your packs. That's what everything's become now. There was, speaking of the flea market I brought up in the intro, there was, for the first time in years, a guy selling new sports cards packs in boxes. So you're right about the, the I people told you. In. I, I don't it, just make this it's, stuff up. It's, it's know, a big deal. But it's all gambling. They don't give yeah. a shit. They're not going to complete sets of cards. Uh, they, the, the, they want the marquee uh, hard-to-find rare cards. It's, it's gambling. There are people who go for full sets, but the, yes. They're the, not 10-year-olds like we were doing it. The, the big thing with sports cards is you get the packs and you, you, you go for what are called hits. And, you know, these packs Chase have... cards. These, these packs have... Or these, these boxes... Because you don't buy in packs anymore. You buy in... I, I can't remember what they're called. My friend calls them blasters or something like that. You buy in a box, and the box may have six packs of these ultra-high premium sports cards, and there's Blasters. guaranteed there's guaranteed to be at least one hit. And that that So that's what gets people in. It's like, okay, I'm guaranteed to get one card with a piece of a jersey, or I'm guaranteed to get, you know, one autograph card. But 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 then it's... A bunch of shit. But then it's like, even those hits between... Uh, so now that those hits are guaranteed, it's are you getting the good hit or are you getting the, 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 the shitty hit? Yeah, because the hits themselves aren't rare if there's I, one I, per pack. Right. So are you getting the hit that's worth, <laughs> you know, 20 bucks or are you getting the hit that's worth, you know, a, a couple thousand? This is nuts. And even that, there's only going to be a few of. So... Yeah, I I don't know. I, a lot of my friends, like I said, are into sports cards now, and I get it. It's fun. I love opening packs of cards. I like opening packs of Pokemon cards. I play the actual Pokemon card game a few times a year, and I think it's fun, but I enjoy opening the packs, and every once in a while, Vani and I will spend 40 bucks on uh, what they call the trainer packs that have, like, you know, 10 packs in it or whatever, and we'll open them, and it's a good time. Um, I understand that thrill, but you can definitely get into a, 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 it's a deepening slot problem. It's a slot machine. Sure. Uh, real quick, someone wanted us to talk about the story, and we're talking about this. So I guess uh, now it's even a big hit with like people like Logan Paul, where they opened up a, a Pokemon Gen One box, a, a sealed box. I thought it was it was a resealed box of trash. It was like open card packs and other packs. So that, so the guys who ha- who must have bought that sealed box got swindled because it wasn't a graded box. Pokemon so, like, cards right now are insane. Gen packs, fresh packs of Gen One base two. Um, of base two cards are selling uh, through Vani's store for like 400 bucks a pack. A pack. One pack of cards. Do they have to get them graded so people real, know that they're not resealed or is it are they foiled ones that they're, they're, they're the foiled ones and then I mean the, the, but yeah the Pokemon stuff is insane right it's, now it's exploded and, and, and in part and a lot of it is because uh, Vani got pissed because part of it was because of the Logan Paul thing um, but yeah like the, 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 the first the first run uh, base base one base two I think Jungle and Team Rocket are the... And I don't know a whole lot about this, so people can correct me if I'm wrong, but I listened to Vani talk about it. The price of these cards is just insane right now. The cards themselves, 
you can get a ton that are worth nothing. But the pack, but the sealed pack itself is worth something. So it's falling how Magic was got big now. Pokemon are getting bigger with that. Well, Pokemon's had it, 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 it. All those card games have had their their peaks and valleys. But right now, Pokemon is definitely peaking, is especially of, the old it, stuff. Is it because of Pokemon Go and uh, and the new Pokemon games, or is it just? everyone's getting to be 35 years old they grew up with it or whatever 30 years old and they're getting into it yeah it's it's people finding stuff to do doing during lockdown and covid and it's getting popular and then you know because uh, i think i think logan paul i can't believe we we're talking about him was trying to go for like a full trying to like i think he was trying to get a full set of pokemon cards from opening sealed packs something that a fucking rich asshole would do oh that's a thing on youtube yeah. now people are doing that i told you about the one who opened the 86 87 fleer and got the jordan right he spit on the card he was so excited right if you, you spend 400 500 six dollars for a pack you might win the lottery you right. got a fucking jordan that was gem mint i, I saw him doing that. i don't think he was lying because because yeah. there's not wasn't it's that's that's that basketball set's not a huge amount of players so like the odds aren't super... I mean, they're low, but it's not like... There's going to be multiple Jordans in, in a box of those. So, like, now, like, I see them selling, oh, factory sealed box for auction, and it goes for, like, t- tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, because you can get multiple Jordan rookies and other stuff. People are people are getting these out of the woodwork. And I'm guess, I'm sure, like, with the store, people have these unopened boxes still of these, of these packs. Mm-hmm. I don't have any. I just have like the president's cards from ten years ago. That oh, you might get like a piece of George Washington's dentures or the fucking piece of Abe Lincoln's hair or something, something like that, or signature. Like that's a, there's a chase card even for that. That's the point. I'm not making I'm not making that up. There's even chase cards for fucking like non-sports cards like that. They do it. It's nuts. What are we talking about? Oh yeah, EA loot boxes are in trouble potentially long term. <laughs> This portion of the CU Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Autumn is in the air. It's autumn. And Manscaped is here to ensure that you don't cut your butternut squash while you're grooming. In fact, Manscaped is on a mission to change the way you approach caring for your body and balls. And great news. They just released their products, Ian, in the UK, Canada, and Australia. Wowzers. Let's talk about the Lawnmower 3.0. It's the best trimmer for your whole body. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. No more nicks and cuts. You can't have that. Their new Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer uses the same skin-safe technology when you're trimming those delicate nose hairs of yours. Crop Care Kit includes the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Everyone knows pumpkin spice lattes and ball deodorant go hand in hand. Crop Cleanser Hair and Body Wash was designed with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling fresh, clean, moisturized, and reinvigorated. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. So you know your manhood is in good hands. It's 2020. There's no shame in manscaping. Groom, groom that hair. I've never heard anyone say, you know what, my girlfriend likes, she, she likes huge vines crawling out of my ears, nose, and other parts of the body. That's not a thing. That's not really a thing. So... Make sure you act now. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code CUPODCAST. Again, go to manscaped.com and use code CUPODCAST to save 20% off your order. Take care of your balls this fall. Ian, we love our mini arcades. We love them. We do? Yeah, they're they're cute. I mean, I probably would. I've, I've never actually used a mini arcade. Um but I do think they are neat. Uh, and this one, uh, slow news week. Slow news week at the home office. Uh, Going to spin this into a full topic. Uh, Dragon's Lair is uh, the next um, arcade machine to uh, get done by Replicate. 
1999. Uh, this one's particularly interesting to me just because I have a deep, deep love of Dragon's Lair that I'm not sure anyone should have because it's really not that fun of a game. But I love it. I love playing Dragon's Lair. Um, I partially is because I love Don Bluth animation. Um, you know, some of my favorite movies as a kid were Don Bluth. I love Secret of Nim. Um, American Tale was Don Bluth. Oh, sure. Um, love that guy's animation. Uh, Sleeping Beauty is gorgeously animated. That was him. Um, so this is an interesting one. Uh because they're 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 keeping it very like like they say replicate they're keeping it very close to the original. Um, so it, these are one foot tall. We're going to say these are these aren't the one six scale. These are one whatever it is one sixteenth whatever. Uh, yeah, it doesn't no, these have, are one six. Yeah, but, but, but these aren't the bigger two foot ones you see from other companies. These are only one foot. So, um, it's going to be you know so so the features are, are fairly ba- you know. St- typical at, at first you know 1983 dragon layer fully functional secondary scoreboard displays this is interesting to me so um on the original dragon's layer machine uh because it's running off a laser disc all the scores and stuff are done on led segmented yeah. displays uh up above the screen and those are actually faithfully recreated uh on this replicate um and uh they look uh, really cool. Um, the other thing that I find interesting about this, and this is just one of those little things that's pointless, but I I I love, is it comes with a mini replica of the laser disc player <laughs> that was inside the original. Um, that was inside the original unit. Not only is it a replica of the laser, but but it's not just like a little plastic chunk. The lid actually opens. It comes with a mini replica of the laser disc game. And not just a little piece of cardboard. There's actually a mini laser disc this- inside, and it's it's a sleeve with the paper <laughs> sleeve inside. And they even go so far as to state that the remote is a separate piece. Um, I thought it was built into the mini laser disc player, but no, the laser disc uh, remote can so- actually be taken off. And there's a bay in the back, just like there is in the arcade machine, that you can open and store this mini laser disc player. It, it, it's dumb, but if you're into if you're into Dragon's Lair like I am, this is all the shit that you would actually hope to see included. It's very neat. This is this is stuff that if you're a, like a wonk for this stuff, you this you're gonna definitely buy this. The price is it doesn't matter. The fact they put it in this much detail, uh, built in it's a rechargeable battery. That's cool. Um, high resolution cabinet art reproduction on quality 3M vinyl overlays. These aren't just fucking cheap little stickers, right? On here. Um, they're doing as best you can for, again, a one-foot uh, scale. Uh, officially licensed by Digital Leisure. 100-day warranty. Illuminated marquee and LED cabinet accents here. So this is like... My uncle used to get those those model cars, right? Mm-hmm. Where, like, you can open the doors. You can take the engine apart. Like, this is that sort of detail on this. This is like, I really like arcade games. This this is going to be a faithful reproduction down in the controls and, and down in the overlay, and you can you can use a, a USB uh, controller to play this. So you can have another controller and use it to play it on there if you don't want to use the little. Uh, little it little outputs guys. to HDMI too, from what I understand. So um, it's yeah HDTV connectivity. So this is one of those things where like I've been really really good about not not buying this, this not stuff. buying. <laughs> bullshit that I don't need. I can play Dragon's Lair 
a bunch of ways. But this hat, like, I love these. And this is their fourth one, by the way. This, this is going to be hard to say no to. Because you love dragons. Because I love dragons. And you probably won't ever get the full arcade machine. Well, and that's the other thing. (laughs) That's the other thing. With the other ones, I could be like, oh, well, what the fuck? Instead of buying a $120 Dragon's Lair, I'll put that money towards the gym aboard and throw it in my cabinet or something. You can't do that with Dragon's Lair. No, I'm sure these are like $2,000 for Dragon's Lair at this point. They're expensive, probably. Um, Yeah, I mean, getting one with the actual Laserdisc player and everything in full functioning condition, uh, I would probably expect more than $2,000. You also get a Daphne kick... Kick yeah, the kick plate, plate detail. Account? You get a replica user manual. Uh, I, I, I I fucking want this. No, matter of no, fact, I didn't hey. really want to cover this because I, I as we're going, they, they sold out of the Street Fighter Two one, which is brilliant because it came with a little mini fight stick for two player on the side. Oh, really? I didn't even see. <laughs> yeah, that. look at the Street Fighter one on the side, so you can't fit two players on the Street Fighter. So you know, we're going to give you an extra uh, detachable control panel <laughs> to put next to it. I thought, it's the adorable. Tempest, I thought the Tempest one always looked really nice. But this is what I like about it. They're focusing on ones that have totally unique looks and feels and control panels. Yes. With Tempest, and then there's an Asteroids one, which even has the, uh, the one and two player little uh, buttons on top Yeah, uh, that stick out, like the, the, the cone little button things. This is adorable. Uh, so you can so you can pre-order the, the Asteroids one. Street Fighter 2 sold out. I wasn't aware of the Street Fighter one. I'm not saying I would have bought it, but the fact that it has the mini fight stick for two-player competition is adorable that they decided to do that. Yeah, it's, it's neat. It's fucking adorable. Uh, so this is their fourth one. And um, yeah, the, the price might turn off people, but these aren't the fucking cheap $20 little Target pieces of shit ones, you know, running the NES Burger Time on it. These are, these are running the real... Yeah, they even game. went to say that they're, they're running the actual Laserdisc ROM off of the uh, the Daphne emulator. So, I mean, they're going out of their way to make this as appealing to Dragon's Lair fans as possible. And Ian's like, uh-oh, well, Christmas is coming I up. I got Ian. teeth to buy, all right? I, I, don't need to, I don't need to be buying Dragon's Lair, but it's tempting. When is this one coming out again? Uh, limited quantity. I'll buy it now. When does it ship? I guess it's shipping now then. All right, well, Christmas is coming up, maybe. Shipping now? I is it thought, shipping now? I thought it was just pre-orders. But who knows? Maybe it is. Well, Asteroids is shipping. Uh, well, Asteroids is a uh, pre-sell uh, uh, through through November fourth. So, wow, they're doing all these at the same time. Is that see? I like Tempest a lot. I almost bought a Tempest arcade machine uh, like twenty years ago. I had no room for it though. That's one I used to look for. I'm, I'm in love with Tempest. That's like in my top five, five or six arcade cabinets. If I had to do that, uh, there. Um, that one's out. Looks like Tempest is out there. Yeah, you can buy it limited quantity. So that one's out. Tempest is out. Asteroids you can pre-order. Uh, Street Fighter sold out, and then Dragon's Lair. It looks like you can order it right now. So there you have. It. I'm looking forward to see what what more they do. Now, y- now if this was a now if this imagine if this was a two foot one, like the other companies do. That, oh my God, would you lose your mind at that point? Well, they're saying it's one six scale. I don't. I, they don't actually have the measurements on here. Oh, I saw twelve inches. Oh, okay. On here, so that's like that. But you know that the other companies yeah. do like, like mm-hmm. the twelve inch ones. Oh, excuse me, twenty four inch ones. That would be nuts. Don't you have a Galaga one or something yeah. that's that size? And I know they made nice. a they made a, uh, a centipede. It wasn't replicate, but another company did a centipede one that looked really cool. Yeah, because now you basically you have you have the you basically have the arcade one up is doing the almost one to one. They're like four fifths, like eighty percent the size. But then you also get companies 
that are doing the 24 inch ones. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. It says right there. Yeah, 12 inches. You get the tw- you get the 24 inch ones, which you could play a 24 inch one. This, this controller might be with sure. these 12 inch ones. Eh, it's just a cute little toy. You really can't right. play them easily. That's the thing. But it's what a 24 inch you can. But Absolutely, you can. This is the thing. That's the well, you, you can, can, but you it'll can, be yes. tough. Yeah, it'll be tough to play. Well, actually, Tempest with a little mini spinner might be cute, but I, you know, see how well that works. But trying to play, I'm trying to think of asteroids on a on a 12 inch. That's gonna be rough with the five buttons. That would be difficult. That's gonna yes, be rough. that would be tough. I love I love asteroids too. By the way, God. All right, I'm closing this. I I really don't. You're getting turned on. I really don't need to buy this. All right, Ian. We have a we have a Patreon uh, out there. How do you access the CU Podcast Patreon? Patreon.com slash CU Podcast. What do you get? What do you, what do you get there? Full video podcast. Uh, a writing by me roughly once a week. A hangout once a month. Uh, and participation in our weekly topic poll. We're also on YouTube. You can become a member on YouTube. You get early access to some clips. You get the full... Uh, see a podcast video as well and other goodies like emojis and emotes and uh, there's I'll put a link there as well but you don't get the poll if you become a YouTube member but you, you don't get the emojis if you're on Patreon so it's like give or take there hmm, which one do you want How, which one you gonna choose alright our 236 see you podcast here's the poll for it 236 Ian in third place at 19% besides Super Mario 35 what retro games could make good battle royale games 19% second place at 21% what do you miss about gaming conventions? And in first place, all the new ones are, are hits here. 60%. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a turnout. At what point does nostalgia become toxic? Ian, at what point does nostalgia become toxic to you? So I, I've gotten some backlash on here before because I'm, I'm, I, fight, I, 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 I say inflammatory things sometimes, like nostalgia is poison. Um. And, oh, PewDiePie is the heart of a sewer. His uh, heart is a sewage pump. Sewage pump, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, uh, if, if I'm going to be less uh, acerbic, I guess, um, nostalgia becomes poison when it prevents you from living in the current day. Um, that That's my take on it. Um, when when you spend so much of your time yearning for a a previous era that you no longer um, are really doing anything to improve your actually your your, your actual current living situation, um, it's cool to have. It, it's fine. You 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 can be uh, you you can want to reminisce about the past. You can. Um, want to play the games of your youth. I enjoy searching after flavors of my youth. I get very into re-releases of, of beverages. I'm a snacks. crazy person that always go to always go to friendlies when the ones around. Yes. Um but to have that become your entire identity, um, an identity of stuff, of things that no longer exist, of your youth, it, it, it stops it literally stops you from growing up. Um, it, it, it stops you from maturing. It stops you from aging. If that's all you have. If that's all you have. And okay. it locks you into uh, not not just... Um, Arrested development, so to speak? Yes, exactly. Arrested development. It locks, you not, it locks not just your interests and stuff into that time frame, but it also tends to um, stop your... Seeking. Your opinions. Um, you know, your, your, your thoughts. Uh, they stop evolving you're, you're so happy to just l- 
kind of freeze yourself at 14 or 16 or 22 or whatever it is and you stop evolving and um i i i think it's a it's a particularly unhealthy way to be i i i i, I am like i said i'm particularly anti-nostalgia burn the past as far as i'm concerned you know live in the present but uh you can you can go back you can time travel with 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 healthily um or you can take it too far well i'm gonna i'm gonna just ask what some of the commenters are gonna say well how, how do you then have those have feelings playing devil's advocate and, and work in a retro game store like how, how do those feelings, those feelings come across with some of your customers like wow this person's living in the past or you are you able to tell well some customers really want to play an old game versus they are stuck in the past and aren't yeah, I mean, I've made that clear in the past. I mean, yes, some of the customers that we have are too stuck in the past. I mean, yeah. they, they don't ever want to evolve. They don't want to try anything new. Um, you know, the, the it, it's the this was the greatest generation without having any sort of real backup to it. Well, have you tried this new stuff? Well, well, no. Well, why? Because this is the best. Well, you can't say that if you've never tried you've never tried to evolve past what you think is the best so people calling themselves off to new experiences because they're basically on a drug of nostalgia yeah so to speak precisely that's what i was going to say nostalgia is a powerful opiate it always is it's yearning for the past that's that's what nostalgia is it's like you're yearning for the feelings of the past um because for some reason you think well that's maybe when life was better i felt better about things um, I, I was happier when I was a child, things like that. That's a lot of it that goes into that. And for some people, that's true. Like, yeah, I was happier. I was I was in high school having fun with my, I was having fun with my friends. Ian, we were playing NHL '94 every weekend. We were playing GoldenEye all the time in college. And uh, no, I was there with you. I was playing GoldenEye with friends. I was playing Smash Brothers. You know, I was playing multiplayer games. I was playing like that. Um, life obviously changes and it, and it evolves, and it's nice to be able for a least small amount of time to recapture how you felt before. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Obviously, look at the you know, collection is, 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 is capturing some of that. But when it bleeds into your everyday life, which Ian said to such an extent where it, where it takes over, then we have a problem. When it comes to the point where it's like with anything, with mental health, where if it obstructs your daily living, uh, in some weird way, and it affects how you interact with people, it, it, it affects how you make a living, things like that, uh, then you have a problem. If you if you can no longer pay your regular bills or your, your rent or your mortgage um, because you're, you're dumping all of this money into like an interest like old toys or old video games, it's a problem. If, if, you are stra- if your relationships are getting strained or you decide, hey, I'm, I'm not going to go to this uh, family function or what have you or hang out with my friends, obviously pre-COVID, uh, because you are drawn to this thing. What, 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 it could be even a modern thing. Then you have a problem with it and it has to be, it should be addressed. Like there, that's always the cut to me. When does it bleed into real world where now it's affecting things outside of your hobbies? Yeah, then, we, then it's a problem. We've had collectors at the store, um, you know, that it gets worrisome. You know, they, they, I mean, they openly talk to me about things like having thousands of dollars in credit card debt and stuff, and they're still buying $100, $200 games. It's a compulsion. And yeah, and they're talking about how they don't have the money for it, and it's like, I, it's my job to take their money. I can't be like, no, but someone needs to fucking tell these people no. It's interesting that they would they would share that with you. It's almost like it's a cry for help. Like, I want someone to say, well, you're nuts. Right, but I it's 
Well, it's like a casino. Yeah. They're, they, they know that you shouldn't be gambling away their money, but that's how they make I'm not saying, I'm not comparing Luna to a casino. No. But it's the same thing. They're not going to tell you not to give you money. They're not. That's just not how it works. Um, it's I, not my job to be someone's parent. No, it's not. We're, we're grown adults. Um, I know someone in my life that's always been a collector of things. Um, kind of would parallel with me, like comic books, Star Wars figures, things like that. Um, never got into video games, surprisingly. But a lot of the other stuff I used to do. Uh, it's still into like collecting because it's gotten a lot bigger the past years. It, there has been a bubble that's actually coming with Star Wars collectibles. That stuff kind of tailed down the past, I think, five, six, seven years has gone back up. But it's going to be, be bubble bursting again for those of you Star Wars collectors out there, I guarantee it. Um, this person is they're not poor Ian but they you know they're they're almost living check to check almost mm-hmm. yeah you know, they're paying they're paying their their mortgage they're paying their monthly stuff but they're not saving any money they're buying a bunch of expensive star wars toys right now they're like almost gambling on it but there is a nostalgia to it i understand that like it's oh i i love star wars growing up i collected him as a teenager and i want to tell him I think I actually have mentioned, like, are you okay otherwise in your life with your expenses? Otherwise, you shouldn't be spending all this money. We're talking in some cases hundreds and hundreds of dollars on individual Star Wars figures, and then it just it balloons up. And I think it's it's nostalgia, but we're also in this weird, and it goes back to the, the, the sports card things, we're in this weird commodities gambling mindset that I did not see to this extent 10, 15 years ago. I don't think it was around this as, as, as much as it is now where it's almost like get rich quick, but at the same time, it's a fun thing you're doing, which is dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of the reason why we saw a lot of these uh, NES collectors get into it, you want to say like six years ago, seven, and prices ballooned up. These are people that didn't know NES collecting was a thing. They discovered, oh, it's fun, and I can make money off this potentially. I'm going to throw my money at it and get the full NES library in like a year. And I've seen that happen. We saw that happen with people uh, do that and then they eventually get out they get tired of it so it's it's a dangerous amalgamation of like gambling to some extent with nostalgia with these different things like Pokemon cards and sports cards and collectibles that it's it's highly dangerous because I, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you you should not invest in collectibles it's just it's it's too volatile you don't know when it, the, the bomb's going to drop out. Well, it's literally yeah. all playing on people's emotions, and emotions yes. can change wildly and quickly. Yes, and, it's, and especially when you don't know. We always talk about with NES games or with other, like, the, you know, they find that storage unit of, of all the fucking mass toys, or like we see with the Spider-Man uh, 2600 games going for $9,000 when we know there's tons out there. Like, that's emotions. You're wasting money on your emotions. There's no logic involved anymore. And when it's something you're close to, that you feel is sexy, like collecting toys or collecting video games, the logic is thrown out the fucking window. Because I love it so much, people 10 years from now are going to love it, so the games will constantly keep going up in value. That's just not how any of these collectibles markets work. None of them work that way. Model, model trains don't work that way. All the Marks toys from the 50s and 60s are now worth almost nothing. They used to be big 25 years ago when the boomers were our age. Like These all have cycles. They all have cycles. All this stuff. This is the way it works. So anyway, back to nostalgia being toxic. That's one part of nostalgia being toxic. The other part is when um, you think you own whatever that nostalgic item is. Like you could only gatekeeping. Think, yeah, gatekeeping. Like 
because I grew up with and it. a lot of nostalgia can lead into gatekeeping. I'm more of a true fan of this than you because I was this age or I had this. Um, that gets very toxic very quickly. And not being able to separate out your experience from a future generation's experience, especially if they reboot. God forbid they reboot or come out with a new version of it. Oh my God, Shira doesn't have boobs anymore. I'm gonna do 15 videos about it about an underage female character not having boobs. <laughs> No, no one's ever done that. No one's done that. Like, that's that's poisonous. Yeah. It's creaminess, but also poisonous at that point. Where it's like, you don't you don't own how others can experience that property. Like, I was not a big fan of, of uh, these newer Star Wars films. There's major problems with them. Major problems. That doesn't negate my experience with the original ones. I thought you liked the third one. I liked it. It still wasn't great. And as a, as a collective, though... The trilogy is not a trilogy. That's the point I made. There are three wildly different movies that aren't sure. a coherent trilogy. So, like, the prequels, a good example is the prequels are dog, dog shit. It's a more coherent trilogy of dog shit, but still dog shit. Th- those, that trilogy did not make me not dislike Star Wars anymore of the past. It didn't help me going forward, though, but it didn't sour me on my past experience with Star Wars. Sure. But I did sell out most of my collection, though. So, it did sour me want to be part of that universe. I will say that. I was just like, oh, I'm kind of done with this. I, my nostalgia was gone for Star Wars at that point, 20 years ago. It definitely hasn't been around the last few years of these new movies. I've, saw, I've seen them, but I'm not like, I'm not like, woo! You know, I just can't. I'm fucking 40 years old. I can't do it anymore. At some point, you get tired of it, I think. Maybe it's 40, maybe that's the age, 35, 40, where you're like, I can't, I don't have the energy anymore to... to to feel about these things I th- I think for 30, some people I, th- I think 35 is when a, a big fuck this switch goes off in a lot of people you're like yeah it's still cool but I'm not going to get angry about it or really super excited either I, right. can get, I can get oh new Star Wars movie cool I'm going to see it I'm not going to blow my load over it though the last the last moment of excitement I experienced for Star Wars faded away after The Force Awakens you're just like that's oh, gone I just don't give a shit that, see that? See that was like that was like uh, Attack of the Clones for me. I gave it a chance after Phantom Menace. Like, oh, that was disappointing. Attack of the Clones was so horrible. I'm like, oh, all those, all those yeah. were awful. I mean, I gave up on on that after Attack of the Clones. I just meant I, I I was ready to put aside the prequels and give Star Wars one last shot. And then The Force Awakens. It was like, okay, it was whatever. So I was a I was a senior in college. Just turned probably literally just my birthday just happened right before after Attack of the Clones came out, 2002. And I went with people from my fraternity who were, who were big Star Wars fans. Because you're in your early 20s, you grew up with it when you're five. And that's when I knew things had changed for me. Because I was laughing at the dialogue, how awful the, ro- the romance was between Natalie Portman and uh, Christian Hay- uh, Haydenson. I, I can't and, think of any acting in a movie that, that, that literally felt like physically painful to me. So worse than that. So I literally was laughing. I literally said at that famous sand line. I visit. I remember this. I audibly said, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" I said that, and I was shh by two people next to me, like in my fraternity that I liked and respected. They're like, shh. they're like hanging on every fucking word, like we're like we're watching a Shakespearean play here. At that point, I realized, okay, I'm sort of over the Star Wars childhood thing. Nostalgia is gone. By the time it got to Yoda flipping around, I was like, this is insane. To see. This is not Yoda to me. And they were like, oh, my God, that was so awesome. And afterwards, and I was like, okay, I'm divorced now at 22. Yeah. That's when I knew I was done. I saw yeah. that I saw uh, that one on opening night and uh, at the mall movie theater. And the friends and I that I went with, we smoked so many blunts in the parking lot. That's a recurring before... theme with you with drugging up before these experiences. Yeah. yeah. And I don't um, think I've ever 
ever been higher in a movie in my entire life. And after, you still weren't entertained, right? <laughs> no, I wasn't. And that's the thing. Afterwards, I was like, was that so bad because I was too high? But I never saw that yeah. movie all the way through again. But I've seen all those oh, scenes, and I'm like, no, they're just as bad as I recall oh, it's them fucking, being. It's really bad. Yeah. Really bad. All right. Well, so nostalgia is a poison, and it's toxic. But a little nostalgia, it's like anything. You can overdose on nostalgia. Maybe have a shot of nostalgia, Ian, but don't have the full bottle. That's 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 something I can say, a little credo. Sure. All right. Uh, Ian, you want to do the Q&A? Go to the voice messages. What are you thinking? Let's just go to the voice messages. Really? Okay, we'll see if there's enough time for the Q&A, because we're only an hour and 20 in right now. So It's fine. It's a long day. It's a long election day. We've yeah, got to be rested. Done, okay, we've got to be rested up. We need, need, the, need the scotch next to us. And a, and a goblet. I got to do an extra napkins today. Got to pay attention why is, to that. Why is it the same tonight? day as the podcast? The, to do it, uh, because my weekend was fucking miserable. Oh, the weekend? I'm okay. not going into it, and I just I had okay. to postpone it. All right, Ian. Ian, we have uh, we have voice messages that you could uh, leave us. We're going to go through some, and you can go to anchor.fm slash the CU podcast. You can also listen to the full audio podcast if you weren't aware, but you can leave us voice messages. Try to keep them under 30 seconds. Whatever you do, like that's that's where I start to glaze over. So we're gonna go through uh, some of these uh, here. I have them marked down. Some of these on, on here, you can follow along. In the first one's gonna be from Andrew that we're gonna play uh, when I get down to the bottom here. Uh, let's see. Wow, there's a lot of voicemails. Here's from Andrew, also known as Lil Robotussin. Hey guys, it's uh, Lil Robitussin again. What's up, I appreciate Lil you guys having me on the show last week. It made my week for sure. Uh, my question for both of you is, it's crazy I don't know this, but what is your favorite and least favorite games of all time? Andrew, I love you, buddy. But if this was the highlight of your week, man, uh, you, you got to have a better week. <laughs> I appreciate you liking us on the COVID on the times, man. It is COVID time, so the scales are off. So, so what do you think, Ian? Uh, we usually don't like these questions, by the way. Hate but. these types of questions, so I'm just gonna. I'm just Sorry, gonna, little I'm just gonna pull answers out of my ass. Um, so I used to always say Ducktales. As time has gone on, I, I I've changed it to Killer Seven. Uh, Killer Seven is a uh, GameCube, PS2 game. I think there's PC ports now. That's a Suda Fifty One game. It's a bizarre fucking game. Weird narrative. Um, flat cell shaded art style. I really like it. Uh, least favorite game. Um, I can never remember the exact name, but it is a uh, Hong Kong only uh, Famicom game called Street Hero or something like what? that. What? It's fucking miserable. Street it is, Hero? It is, is that like a, Street Combat? It's which a is terrible. One, it's a one-on-one fighting game, and it is one of it is it is probably the worst video game I've ever played. It's so bad. I'm looking at it right now. A playthrough. I think it's called Street Hero. It'd be funny if it's a street. Remember how bad Street Combat was on Super Nintendo? Yeah, it's not. It's it's a regular NES game. It, it's uh, I think it's Street. Oh, it's game. NES. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said Super Nintendo. No, no, NES. So it was a licensed game. Oh, it was unlicensed. Sorry. No, it, it's, it's, it's it, it was licensed. No, no, it's Sachin. It's unlicensed. Street Heroes. Is that the one? That might not be it. Oh, it's. Oh, hey, hey, for an NES game, fighting game, it's not bad. There's a pink lady. There's a red guy with a sword. Um, is is it the one? I th- uh... actually doesn't look. Maybe it's a different one. This one doesn't look horrible for an NES game. If it was a Super Nintendo, it'd be horrible. All right, so that's yours. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna switch it up. Least favorite game is always tough for me uh, to come up with. Um, you know what? Fuck it. My favorite game right now is is gonna be uh, Rolling Thunder. Favorite arcade game. That's what it is right now at the moment. 
uh, is going to be Rolling Thunder. It's a it's a twitchy reflex based game, fast action, easy to learn, hard to master Which like one? a fellow. Rolling Thunder. Oh yeah, you love it. That's why it's a perfect arcade game because most arcade games, Ian, automatically kick your ass at, at a certain point in time, even if you're good at them, to get your quarters. Rolling Thunder, if you become a master at that game, you can get through a chunk of it without another quarter, and there's an end to it. I love arcade games that have a freaking ending. Uh, you know, not just high score. But it's still difficult enough that it can kick your ass like Pac-Man or Miss Pac-Man. You can still be out pretty quick. That's why I love Rolling Thunder. Uh, least favorite's always tougher for me to, to go for it because how, how do I think about least favorite games? Um, how about Tag and Dragon, Ian? Um, <laughs> yes. I'd rather play Tag and Dragon than uh, fucking Raid 2020. But Ra- Raid 2020 has a cartoonish charm to it, though. Tag and Dragon, just let me just eat that dragon's ass for points. True. <laughs> that's all it is alright next next question here uh, let's see a little robot hey guys this is uh, Chris from North Carolina um, just wondering your thoughts on how much a console's collectability is going to be dictated by the types of games it has available uh, older stuff like Nintendo and Genesis even PS1 are pretty well rounded libraries and I feel like most people can find something to love on those um, but I'm a big OG Xbox guy and I feel like I'm drowning in like sports and racing and shooters. And I feel like that probably alienates a lot of people from that console. Uh, people who are into RPGs or platformers or whatever. Um, but yeah, thanks. Uh, I, I think, the, uh, he makes good points. I think the NES is popular because there was such a well-rounded library on there. Um, excuse me. I think it'll make stuff like PlayStation 2 and even Xbox pretty popular because there are all sorts of games available. And yes, you will drown in sports games and racing games and stuff like that around that era. Uh, era. But especially, say, I, I would say maybe more PS2 than Xbox because PS2 had so many RPGs. Um, a, re- a well-rounded system is always going to be very popular. However, a system that excels at one type of thing is also going to be very popular. Um, the PC Engine excels at shooters. The Super Nintendo excels at role-playing games. And both of those, uh, so does the PlayStation 1, in fact, for, for role-playing games. Um, and those systems are very popular with fans of those genres because of how... Um, specific they are. I think if you look at the number of shooters on something like the PC Engine, it's like 90... I, I, there, there's websites that keep track of that. I think there's something like 93 different shooters on the PC Engine, and that's that's far and away more than any other system has. It's like 20% of the library. So a lot of people, a lot of, uh, you know, like me, for instance, I'm going to naturally gravitate towards that system because it has a large chunk of what I like to play. Yeah, I think you're more likely to attract people to a niche console after the fact and push them away. Sure. If that makes sense. Um, all right. Next is, uh, let's see the next one here. Let's see. Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Luna and Christine. Luna. Uh, how you doing? We Howdy. love your show. Uh, we watch every single week, and uh, we're very glad that you guys are still able to do so during the... Uh, human malware conditions but uh wanted to know the cu podcast whenever you open up and it has a soundtrack to it want to know if we could hear the whole thing is there any way to get that how long is it uh i think it's really cool anyways that's about it you guys have a have a great day toodles bye, bye you two maybe you're taking a stroll in the park there um 
Yes, the, the, the full original, not the remix one, is not online. But CFOs formerly worked with WWE and lots of NXT themes and and WWE themes. Unfortunately, now they've rewritten, redone a lot of them because they're not no longer working with them. But for a good five years, like a chunk of the, the best themes were CFOs. Um, so, yeah, that's on YouTube. You can search for that. You yep. can search for that full theme on YouTube. It's under their their account has it. I might have uploaded it as well. And I, did I upload that as well? I might have. But definitely, it's on YouTube. The remix one is not. And there might be legal reasons why that the full one can't go on, unfortunately. But if you look up CU Podcast theme on YouTube, it definitely comes up. Yep, it's uploaded on my channel. It's called Woe, theme from the CU Podcast. <clears throat> Lyrics by Pat Contry. There. But great. They, they, we love those guys. We haven't seen them since uh, Jersey, right? Yeah, I haven't. A few years ago. And we'll get back out the jersey next year. Oh, there's a drum cover of us. I didn't know that. I just, I just searched it. Someone did a drum cover. That's a big thing now, drum covers. That's awesome. That's awesome from Wise Drums. So look up that as well. All right, next. Hey, guys. Jeff Dickinson here. Ah. And man, I've been following you guys for years. I appreciate your show. Not sure quoting shit and being honest and straightforward. Balls to the wall being honest. Keep it up, brothers. I appreciate you. Right on, right on, right on. Still following you. Still catching up with your episodes. I'm looking forward to the next one. Layers. Thanks, Jeff. Your, your mic's a little bubbly there. A little cutting in and out. He, li- he likes our honesty, Ian. Groovy. Some people, people don't like our honesty. Well, that well because they, because they can't. They're snowflakes. Can't handle a differing opinion. Snowflakes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one. This is uh, from T Busta. Hello, Pat and Ian. It's T Busta. Um, I recognize my name. You liked a couple of my comments before. I was just curious if you've ever seen the San Onofre uh, boobs before. The the nuclear boobs. Uh, they're 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 an odd little uh, landmark, kind of in between us. I have to pass by them every time I want to go to L.A. to visit my brother or, or go to San Diego. Anyway, just thought that might be worth getting on the podcast. So if anyone's ever seen the, the Naked Gun, in the first 15 minutes when they come back from the airport, they, he, uh, Leslie Nielsen goes, uh, he, he's broke up with his his, uh, his woman or girlfriend or whatever, and, and then they talk about it. He goes, whenever I look, something reminds me of her, and he sees two giant orbs with almost like nipples on top, and, it, and it's this nuclear, or it used to be like a nuclear facility. And it's still, it's still there on the south side of this, the five, it's on the south side coming down between between uh, L.A. and San Diego. Um, yeah, you see them every time you... Uh, Vonnie and I see them every time we go to Disney. They're a landmark because they usually mean you're roughly halfway between um, San Diego and Disney. Vonnie always referred to them as the San Onofre Tatas. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing. Look them up online. Yep. Okay. Uh... Hey, see you podcast. Uh, this is Goblin Blood. I'm trying again here. Sorry the last time um my question for you guys is what is your favorite comic book runs and like storylines um and just wanted to say i love the show and keep doing what you're doing long time listener and love you guys thanks goblin yeah we haven't done a comic thing in a while um but um favorite runs that's always different um favorite runs you know what i'm going old school the john romita jr run of amazing spider-man once he took over issue 39 up until like 
oh god it went to like about a hundred and something uh, that was always a good run because that's a lot of the classic stories and the, and the villains got more established by then first kingpin things like that that that's the best version of spider-man how he looks in the, in the costume to me um spider-man no more green goblins uh, revealed and then you go up to i think he was still there uh, uh, death of gwen stacy so you have a lot of iconic things that happen within six years from like from like mid 60s to like early 70s you have a lot of spider-man's like mythos happening right there more so than a lot of other things that happen after that and then right after, right after that it's like the first appearance of punisher and you have that stupid clone thing that they try to bring up in the fucking late 90s which was horrifying uh but anyway that's always to me like a good run people like the mcfarlane run of maze Spider-Man. i don't because it's 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 people just like the art the stories were not that good by then in the late 80s i thought um other than that i'm just thinking of spider-man stuff that's because that's, that's my favorite sort of thing um I'm trying to think of if there's another other other uh, other Spider-Man other Spider-Man uh, storyline. Um, uh, the, the Craven the Hunter one's a good one. That six part one's an excellent one. That could be a whole movie if they ever wanted to do that as a storyline with Craven the Hunter. Um, for me, I'm, I'm not the most well versed in comics. That's definitely Vani's forte. Uh, but there are definitely uh, runs that I really like. Most of these are going to be more recent. Um, one of my favorite comic runs ever is the. Um, uh, Iron Fist run that Matt Fraction and Asia, uh, Dave Asia did. Um, same with their Hawkeye run. was very, very, very good. Um, I'm also a big fan of uh, Planet Hulk, which is kind oh, of yeah. like a year uh, year-long retelling of Spartacus, almost. I mean, that's they definitely get some inspiration from that. And they used that for Thor Ragnarok for the movie. Um, they, 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 they pulled some of it. Yeah. yeah, they pulled from it a little bit. Um, very good run. Uh, I've never considered myself a Hulk fan. Everyone talked about it. Uh, I finally picked it up um, through uh, Vani's shop uh, probably like six, seven years ago. Um, and it's a long run. A lot of those, you know, uh, arcs are, you know, like six months. This is a full 12-issue arc, and I put it down in two sittings. I just I couldn't stop reading it. It was very, very good. The follow-up, um, World War Hulk, was kind of like a... It was just kind of like a flashy payoff sure. with a lot of like flash and banging. It wasn't as good, but it was still fun. But Planet Hulk, um, if you've never considered yourself a Hulk fan, read Planet Hulk. That's me. It's, it's a very, very good book. Um, and then uh, as much as I, I don't like Joss Whedon, his run on Astonishing X-Men um, from, I want to say, 2005 uh, is one of the better X-Men stories, I think, that was told. And... Um, as far as a recent arc, uh, to touch on the X-Men again, um, I didn't keep up on the relaunch of X-Men as much as I would have liked. It was tough to keep up on all the different issues, but the House of X, Powers of X event that went over the course of three months last year that um, had uh, issues releasing every week was fantastic. It was critically acclaimed for good reason. The art was fantastic. The story was very good. Um and uh yeah that's you can pick that up in a trade um yeah i mean all of those are great oh and next wave agents of hate is a fantastic uh comedy kind of uh, more more comedic um run that uses b-listers and c-listers from the marvel universe i haven't read all of them but obviously the chris claremont uh, x-men run in the mid-70s up to what the mid-80s late 80s late he was still in the late 80s yeah, before they got out of control i want to say um, obviously that run is fantastic basically once they basically once they rebooted the team it went from there 
uh, in the mid seventies with giant size X Men. And then obviously the early eighties, the Frank Miller Daredevil run is regarded as the you know one of the best probably runs of comics ever. It's, it's up there uh, as well with Electra showing up and all that and Bullseye and all that. Uh, where it really added depth to uh, the Daredevil character more so than anything else had. And probably since then, they try to always go back to the well with that, uh, with the grief and the Catholic stuff. But that, that's where it really got famous for that. Um, all right, next. Hey, top of the morning to you guys. Name is Jason, out here in London, UK. You know, I've been listening to you guys for a little while, maybe a year or two on my Google, on my Alexa, on my phone. Keep it pushing, keep it moving, man. F COVID, we out here, baby. Dreamcast Mini, man, I'm all for it. Let's go, PS5 on the way. Booyah! Thanks, J-Bo. I understand a couple of the terms that, there, but Dreamcast Mini, baby. Thank you. <laughs> yes. um, what, was there a question there? No. Okay. <laughs> all right, thanks, And we appreciate it. Okay. Uh, next is from uh, Brett. Hey, Pat and Ian, long-time listener, love the podcast. When you were talking about Analog's new uh, Duo FPGA, have you both considered using a Mr. FPGA that has an excellent PC Engine, PC CD, Super Graphics core? Thanks for all the quality entertainment over the years. Have a good one. Uh, yeah, I consider it, but I'm not an engineer. And, and also the cost doesn't make it worth it for me to, to check out. And I like using original physical media if I have it. So, like, um, when people bring up the Mr. stuff to me in the FPGA, you're not talking about hobbyist stuff anymore. You're going a touch above that. Because when people used to talk about wanting to just do a retro pie instead. I always said, well, for some people, that's even too complicated. For, for me, a Mr. might be too complicated for someone like me where I'm just like, it's not worth my time to get into it versus the cost where it's just I'm sort of out of it at that point. Uh, the Mister has always seemed interesting to me, but the reason why I have it, I, I, I know that a lot of people who buy into the analog stuff are interested in it because there's always the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. They know it's going to be jailbroken almost sure. immediately, um, and they're going to be able to load up their ROMs and stuff on there, and that's a lot of fun. And I do think that if that's what you're going to do with these systems, um, even if the Mister is going to be more difficult to use. I, I totally understand that, yeah, the, maybe the Mr. would be something for these people to look into because it can do lots of systems. There's lots of cores for it. Um, my main reason for being interested in the Analog Duo and for having bought the Analog Pocket is precisely because I have physical collections for those sure. systems. In fact, as time goes on, they more and more become the only physical game collections I have. So if I didn't have physical game collections for... Um, Game Boy and PC Engine, I probably would have maybe dipped my toes into the water on uh, uh, on a Mister at this point. But because I have the physical collections, and because there aren't a whole lot of other systems that I feel the need to catch up on anymore, I only have so much time in my day. Um, that's why I'm I'm interested in the analog stuff. I think Mister's great, and I think people who can use it and get get stuff out of it, it it's it's awesome. Um, I, I have no problems with it. It's just Mr. doesn't play the stuff that I already have. When I look at Mr., I look at a project. In my, in my life at this point, I don't need a project to work on. Well, I just don't. My thing um, is, I, I, I feel like I can get through the project of the actual Mr. itself and the FPGA, like setting that up. My thing is, honestly, I don't want to go out and look for ROMs. I don't. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go... I don't, I don't want to try to find... 
um, the right CD rips of of these uh, Turbo or PC Engine games when I have the CD sitting on my shelf and I can just drop it into a system and go. But I'm just getting. I'm telling you, I, I, this is someone who, who puts together. I can put together a computer, so I'm not like I know how to do this stuff a little bit. But a pre-configured bundle, three hundred thirty-five dollars on this uh, MrAddons.com. Then I'm looking at oh, buy your own heatsink, buy your own fan, and buy your own adapters and PCB. I'm like, oh, I'm putting together a computer. I'm basically putting together a MIDI computer at this point. And again, to me, that does not appeal to me versus the cost. This isn't something that's $100. It's a lot more than that. And for what I know, the costs are even only this low because these boards are subsidized by you know the chip manufacturers, or else they'd be a lot more money than even this. So at that point, yeah, I get it. Over the long haul, it might be cheaper, but it's not a finished product that's commercial ready. And again, no physical media. I'm out. I, I like to have the option to use physical media. Just the option. That'd be nice, well, e- easily. And people, people, uh, there is, I, I, and, and some people even frown upon this because they say, "Oh, you don't want to put the effort in." No, people, people I don't like, have to. People like to open a fucking box and plug it in and go. I got stuff going on here. Ian yells at me because I don't play enough mo- modern games. I'm going to then spend tons of time to, do, to play older games again. Sorry, not going to do it. But no, if you like the Mister Fine, it's just not for me. Um, this is a good one from Cameron. This is going to be a good one. <laughs> Hi guys, my name is Cameron. I've been a fan for years, and uh, my question is for both of you. Uh, this has nothing to do with video games, but can you tell the difference between different types of water, like Deer Park, Fiji, and if so, what's your favorite? Or if you just don't care, uh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cameron, have some faith in your question, Cameron. Yes, we can tell the difference between waters because they have different mineral makeups and things like that that come from different parts of the, of the U.S. Well, I always talk about how uh, Poland spring water is like the, one of the best waters ever. Uh, and you can't get it out here, unfortunately. Um, Deer Park was good from the East Coast. Ian's drinking polar water. That, that's an East Coast uh, brand with different flavors and things like that. Um, uh, Nestle water tastes like fucking runoff from uh, off of runoff. There's no taste to Nestle water when I drink Nestle. It, it, it's so bland and, and non-tasty that I feel like gagging when I have Nestle water. You know, so there there are different tastes of water. There absolutely is. Yes, I I I don't get you know too picky over it. But um, for instance, I don't buy Arrowhead water. I think Arrowhead water tastes like absolute. Closer dog, to Nestle trash. It's gross. Yeah. I, I don't like Arrowhead water. It's so. I, I, yes, I can tell the difference. I don't think it's a huge deal all the time. It's not so much that I have a favorite water. Um, most of the time, I just grab Crystal Geyser around here because it's what's available in the bottles. But and, I think he's, and he's probably talking fine. about more plain water, though. Nothing no, Crystal Geyser is... They have a plain water? Of course they do. It's not like they just make sparkling water. Crystal oh, Geyser okay. has just regular spring water. Is it okay? Yeah, it's fine. And that's what I usually drink. But I do avoid Arrowhead. There's something about Arrowhead water that is weird or gross to me it's like nestle you ever have nestle water yes it's fucking nasty and i can't tell you why um, there's just something weird about nestle water because it tastes like capitalism uh um, that's true too i do have uh what was i gonna say oh and i try to avoid like the um i try to avoid like the aquafina and the dasani water the pepsi water and the, the coca yeah because water. they're just taking whatever was gonna be dumped into the coke or pepsi and there was i think nestle is nestle coke nestle water or whatever and they're just putting it into bottles without adding the syrup like that's all they're doing so it's just filtered it's not spring water it's filtered water so yes i I think anyone who especially if you drink a lot of water and and water is the majority of what i drink through throughout the day i don't drink a lot of um i don't drink a lot of pop um you can definitely tell the difference i don't i don't get hoity-toity about it but you can tell the difference 
Hey, Ian and Pat. This is Dennis in Indianapolis. Besides Ivan Ironman Stewart's Super Off-Road and Danny Sullivan's Indy Heat on the NES, what are your top three favorite racing games for the platform? Thanks. Love the show. Okay. I can open an app for that, but I have a couple of my head. You you're, you're weird. Um, I would say Eliminator. I didn't say anything. I would say Eliminator Boat. Tour. Yes, that would have been one of mine. Eliminator Boat. Tour. You don't need to open an app for that because because I want to get to the third. I'm like, okay, does that one fit in or that one? He just got rid of two of them that I would have chosen. Eliminator Boat Duel. Uh, you sass me. Rad Racer, and um, <coughs> I always wanted to like Galaxy Race Five Thousand. It's okay. It's 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 wonky and strange. It's it's fun. It's fun. It's it's for it's an fun. unlicensed game. It's, it's pretty good. action to it. Yeah, it's, it's fun. pretty good. Um, so I always it's licensed. I Galaxy five thousand. Is it? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Sorry, yeah. it is. Um, so I always try to like that game. one. Um, it is uncommon. And I like Super Sprint. I was like single screen. Route. I like Super Sprint. It controls great. I mean, it gets old after a while, but I think RC Pro M two is very good. Both RC Pro are good, but two is yeah, two is good because it has a split screen. Um, Limited boat deal. You said that. We're already running out of really good ones. I like, obviously, Rad Racer is really good. And I've gotten better at it when I was a kid. I never could pass the third stage, now I'm better at it. Um, there is a little more nuance to that than I thought uh, to Rad Racer when I got older. Uh, yeah, I'm running out of ones at that point, because Ian brought up a Lumiere Boat Duel, and that's a great one. Well, we can have the same ones. Okay. It's fine. Lumiere Boat Duel is very, very good, though. Four stars. I gave it. And all, and all of them have, uh, the, the top label has a spelling uh, error, which is always fun. Elaminator. Elaminator. We'll do a couple more. This is from uh, Samuel. What up, Pat? What up, Ian? Hi. Leveling Moose from Texas. If you guys had to Leveling make an all-star beat-em-up for you know, Nintendo, PlayStation, for whatever console, what would y'all do and why? Appreciate what y'all do. Check y'all later. All-star beat-em-up. That's kind of harder to come up with it. Cause like, okay, so it'll be a four-player... Once you need four guys, um, start beat them up. I'm not exactly sure what that 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 question entails, but I would love to see a uh, final fight versus Streets of Rage. Or you can use either one and have enemies from both. I, I would love to have a crossover final fight Streets of Rage. But what, what graphic style would you go more towards? Final fight. Um, you choose one. Oh God, that's tough. God, I, it would, I mean, it, I, I it don't... would be fun to see the Streets of Rage guys as like the bigger Final Fight sure. style sprites, but I, I I like the style, especially like I would love to see the Final Fight characters drawn in the style of Streets of Rage Four. I would love see, to I, see that. So I haven't played Streets of Rage games in forever, so I got to refresh myself with, with the series. I know they were fun, but I mean, I played them in the '90s. I don't think I've played them since then. Um, let's see, what be one for me? So you want to do like a, you want to do like a Street Fighter times. Tekken thing basically is what you wanted to do with that. Uh, like I don't a know. Battletoads, more like a Battletoads versus Double Dragon. Mix mix the two together. Sure. Um, let's see. I, I, would it be for me if I did a, a how about a Tecmo a Tecmo uh, uh, a fighting game? So you get you get Ninja Guide in there. You get you get a you get a you get a, a Tecmo Bowl a football guy in there. Uh, you get Rygar in there. But are they that talking be a fun. fighting game or a beat 'em up? Well, there's a beat 'em up. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So like I'm talking about a brawler, you get you get, you get Rygar in there. That could be fun. Didn't didn't Captain Commando kind of try to do that a little bit in a way, but it was just weird because it was just oh it's just Captain Commando with some other weird properties. I don't know if there was any mixed in. I think about it. I don't uh, think there was any mixed in. Okay, but uh, yeah, I want I want a Tecmo a Tecmo beat him up. I got to think of a fourth one. Mighty Bomb Jack. There you go. You get Bomb Jack throwing bombs. I think that'd be cute. 
All right, we're going to do one more here. This is from Zach. At Ian, it's Noob's Delight from Wisconsin. Noob's A while up. back, Ian mentioned beer cheese dip, and you haven't really lived until you've had Wisconsin beer cheese dip since Wisconsin is the land of beer and cheese. What's the best way to get it to you? Well, I guess by mail. Um, <laughs> that's why they do it. Um, Drilling a little bit. I will Zach. always take beer cheese. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I would love to try it. Thank you, please. You want Listen, to, thank you. You want to give out give out the, the business address and, and mail it there. All right, right. mail mail your beach bill bill cheese. Mail your beer cheese to Country Code Productions, one one eight zero Rosecrans Street, number five five five, San Diego, California, nine two one zero six. I've been giving out a, a PO box in a while. I don't. I still have the PO box. I never check it because it's it's a little bit further away from me uh, than it used to be. But you can mail us your beer cheese there. Hopefully, hopefully, is it, wait, does it keep at all? I mean, you would have to be you know ready to go pick it up. You can't just leave fucking beer cheese right. sitting in a PO box. All right, don't mail it there. Uh, get in touch with the ESN directly, privately. DM me. <laughs> DM, I didn't think about that. DM yeah. me on Twitter. Do you have a Twitter S- account? DM me at pxlsicle. Yeah, send send your non perishable goods to, to 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 the to my uh, my, my business address. So you can do that there. Um, and then, so anyway, all right, that's it. You can again go to anchor.fm slash the CU podcast, and we'll we'll have another one next week or week after. We got a bunch to go through those still, but that was that was fun, right? Yeah. Is that it for the CU podcast? You want that's nope, it? Just five topics a week, Ian. We're not doing six anymore, or well, seven or eight. Good. All right. Well, we don't need that YouTube revenue. It's going to go get ready for podcast number two, and get ready for whatever shit breaks loose this evening. Got to go vote. Sounds like some uh, some Georgia machines broke down, but they gave everyone paper just in case. Oh, that's good. So that's that's always fun. There. All right. May I do a not so common uh, special election uh, uh, broadcast? Not broadcast, but I'll do it tonight or tomorrow. Just a quickie. I haven't done uh, an upload for like a year uh, for the not so common podcast. There. Just stream live coverage. Watch your hair get crazier and crazier. Is the next hey, I love watching John King and the interactive board on CNN. Every every two years, I fucking do that. He's great. He's a nice guy too. It seems like he's good with all the little little different neighborhoods and different things. Like that's like the part of the election thing that I love. He's like a savant. That you ever see him do that? Mm-mm. Like zoom, he like zooms in and out. So I think they started doing that like 2012. I think nah. or 16. Yeah, John King on CNN. He's great. I don't generally watch uh, election coverage. He's got a nice head of hair, too. But I, I've got no... I, I mean, there's there's no way I'm going to avoid election coverage tonight. So. He's got a nice silver-haired fox uh, quaff, John King, there. He's, he's probably starting to do it right now. Yeah, as, you see as the votes come in, the percentage has changed. So he, yeah, okay. He, he, he does the prediction of, well, we still have this uh, enclave of voters out, and, they, and they're more Democratic or Republican. And this, so like it gives you an up-to-the-minute up sort of thing when they get the updates in, the updates. We'll have an update next week. Also tonight, an update. Fucking four times. Did you see season two yet? Yeah. Was it as good as season one? A couple of them are just real long-winded. We gotta make them shorter. We gotta do half hour, not hours. They can, or just fit fit multiple in an episode. I'm kind of disappointed. I mean, they're entertaining, but I don't... I'll take it. They're entertaining, but, but they but they're they're, there is one in particular that is just... They're stretching. They're fucking they, stretching. They really... There's, there's one with kidnapped kids, and they just... They spend like twenty minutes on the actual kidnapping, and they're just saying the same shit over and over. So we looked over here, and then we looked over there, and then we looked above, and then we looked below, and then everyone was looking. And oh, it's God. like, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. We got to move on. Or they talk to like everyone that knew the victim, and it's like, okay, 
we get it. We want to learn more about it, but this is It's ridiculous. not a bad show, but I don't know why they ditched the multiple in, in an episode. Maybe they just didn't have enough. Because because that format's cheaper to do and easier, and they want to get six hours out. You know. And you're not going to see a you know 24-episode season again on Unsolved Mysteries, probably. They don't have the budget for that. Oh, one can dream, though, right? That'll be that'll be rich, quirky Pat. Do his own arcade, and I'll do a, do a, do my version of Unsolved Mysteries. And I'll get a fucking CG Robert Stack <laughs> from Short Alley Robert Stack. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go eat a quesadilla. Nothing in it, just a quesadilla. Cheese quesadilla. Maybe I'll put some scrambled eggs on there. I'll do a scrambled egg. Do, do a do a breakfast quesadilla. That's that's what did you get. Colima's yet? The breakfast quesadilla. I have not to die for. I will. There. All right, go vote. If you heard this and haven't voted yet. Go run to your polling station. Get it in there. It's going to be a historic turnout, and you should be a part of the action here. And whichever way you voted, hopefully tomorrow we can wake up and say, "All right, let's move. Let's move this puppy forward in a positive direction without chastising each other and wanting to kill each other every Doubtful. second." Doubtful. Doubtful, but I'm going to be hopeful. Ian. With, with the turnout, with the turnout we're seeing, I think I think people are getting involved and hopefully at least caring more about the direction of the nation. All right, Ian. I'll give you a call later, buddy. It'll be fine. Rock the vote. Rock the vote. Bye. Vote or die.